Okay, Jess, you ready to uh, you ready to talk about Reliant K's biggest song? I'm a little nervous, but yeah, let's yeah. do this. I figured for the for the opening, uh huh. Instead of me missing out on some famous celebrity coming by, I'm gonna stick right here. And I invited the celebrity <laughs> that's coming by to talk at the top of the show today. Are you ready? Come on in. Do I have a choice? Nope. Here he comes. <laughs> Come on in. It's Jay Leno. Hey there, Jessica. How you doing? It's me, Jay Leno from The Tonight Show. Wow. I was out there waxing one of my hot rods and Danny said, Come on in. Thank you, Mr. Leno, for appearing on our humble pop punk podcast. No problem. You know, I'm, I'm out there doing the podcast circuit, taking a little break from apologizing for all the horrible things i've said about asian people over the years oh oh wow true story wow i know i'm just here to tell you about relying k you know they were on they were on the tonight show once they sang this song on the tonight show they they did yeah not my kind of music (laughs) (laughs) didn't care for it everyone and welcome to Sadie Hawkins pod. Hello. You know, for the intro, I was like, at first I was like, oh, Danny, I, I forgot. What are we doing for the bit this week? Because, you know, this might end up being like our most listened to episode since it is the band's biggest song. Right. And Danny was like, oh, don't worry, I got something. And I was like, I really should have known there. I like how I should have been like, no. For who I am, I was like, oh, we shouldn't do a bit because it's going to chase off new listeners yeah so let's do it for the bigger song yeah exactly and we have a guest and any of you know the people who come to our show from him so thank you if you are still with us after the intro (laughs) so we watched we, (laughs) we watched the late shift which was an hbo movie from the 90s about the Jay Leno and Letterman's fight to take over the Tonight Show from Johnny Carson, right? And the guy who played Leno was just such like he was like a, he was like a classic Universal monster, like in the giant chin makeup and stuff, and he was just like the worst one. And it's really, I really that actors in so much stuff too. Yeah, you know, I can't think of his name everyone right in the now, movie, but he plays a dad in a lot of things. everyone in the movie is is someone which was surprising because. I saw that uh, movie when I was a kid because I was so Kathy into... Kathy Bates is in it, which feels right. really odd. Well, I knew who Kathy Bates was when I was a kid, but the movie came out in 1996. And I, since I was a little comedy nerd when I was... I was I would have been 14 at the time. I was a little comedy nerd, so I was interested in that stuff. And I watched that movie. I didn't really get, like, the business stuff right. and the board meeting <laughs> stuff, which I all got... Which was real, real simple when, I, when we rewatched it. I'm like, oh, I get everything that's going on. But just being a 14-year-old kid and not understanding how you negotiate business. It just went right. over my head. But the the biggest part was like all the bit actors that I've learned about who they are and seen more movies starring people. I'm like, oh, I know this whole cast now. Where at the time I was like, it's all nobodies other than Kathy Bates. I knew who <laughs> Kathy Bates was but I was it, it, when I was 14. But anyway, and then I was just, like, hey, Jay Leno, they were on Jay Leno. Reliant K was on Jay Leno doing Be My Escape. So... It works out perfectly. It sure does. It sure does. Man, like, late night TV, not so much a thing anymore. I think that's definitely something that's 
That's kind of going out of style. Like, I know people I mean, still talk about, like, Jimmy Kimmel and Jimmy Fallon. Why do they have the same name? That just occurred to me. <laughs> um, like, but I feel like, I, do you know anybody who watches those shows? I don't. I only know some no. people who watch Last Week, Tonight, or whatever it's called with John Oliver, which right. I've seen a couple times. But I think that's not a lot of those shows thing. mostly exist now as, like, YouTube clips. For boomers. Right. Oh, well, you know what? That's the, that, that's <laughs> that's sort of the way that remember John Schneck's story about how he was he was uh, telling his kid like you know I was on the Tonight Show. Oh right. <laughs> and and he's like, uh huh, yeah, whatever, Dad, I don't care. And he's like, well, the clips on YouTube. He's like, you're on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think we talked about it at the time, but so then funny. after that episode, we got a message from John Schneck's son. And he's like, I know what The Tonight Show is. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. <laughs> and I have, well, before we get into the, we have plenty to talk about. But one other random Jay Leno story that just popped into my mind is you were working, uh, the movie that you just finished, actually, Forever Not Maybe. And it's out there. It's in festival circuits. Hopefully it'll be available soon. The movie that Jessica produced. Um... I helped on one day, and I had to go pick up a big, like, like a, oh, what do you call it? Like a, how many wheels is that? Like, 14 it axle? Was, I don't even yeah, know. Yeah, it was massive. It was the kind of truck that, like... It was like a massive moving truck kind was, of thing that, yeah. would, that would haul, like, a lot of stuff. The kind it, of, the, a yeah. truck the size that would, like, that you that would take stuff to Target or whatever. Like, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I don't know the types much. of truck. And I guess it was just not big enough that I could just drive it without a special license. It was, like, yeah. the biggest possible tractor trailer that, like, you could drive with a normal license. And it was horrible. I hated it. I hate having to drive that thing. I was afraid I was going to kill everybody. But the rental place that I picked it up from was, like, in an industrial area in Burbank. And they were, like... Oh, when I returned it, they're like, okay, just go park it in the back, but don't park it on the back, back wall. Because on the other side of there is Jay Leno's car lot. Oh, wow. It's where his, he doesn't, I guess he doesn't keep his collection in his home. He probably doesn't have enough space for his giant right, car collection. Yeah. And they're like, don't park right there because <laughs> he doesn't like to see the trucks parked there because then people can climb up on the truck and jump oh, over right. his like yeah. serrated fence. Sure. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I was like, oh okay. Just makes me think about GTA, where like you have too many cars that you have to go and buy like extra garages to keep them in. Mm-hmm. That's exactly the situation. Or just like in GTA, where you want to break into a place with a fence over the wall, so you steal a truck and you pull it up and you climb on top of the truck and you jump over. Exactly. So welcome to our GTA podcast. <laughs> so we do still have a ton of voicemails. Let me take a look. We got we got one, two, three, four, five, oh, six, wow. seven voicemails that we've been <laughs> slowly getting our way through <laughs> as we've been in this giant chunk of important songs. So we got Sean calling up to talk about Mrs. Hippopotamus. So we can play that nice. later. We got Daniel calling up to talk about one of my takes on the Collapse of Belong album. We can play that later. Is that Daniel? You can see my socks? Yes. Nice. He finally stopped calling Magnified Pod long enough to give us a ring. <laughs> you said it, not me. <laughs> um, then that then there's a second call from Daniel. Then we got Adam Goff, or it says Evan Golf. I nice. assume it's Adam Goff. 
But it says Evan Golf on the thing. I will hear that one another time. Then we got Brady, and Brady's very excited about this voicemail. He DM'd it to me, so we'll hear that next week for sure. Okay. Yeah, sorry, Brady. You're going to have to wait one more week. So here is Sean, and he's specifically talking about mm-hmm, so it's going to hopefully, so I assume it will fit with the theme of today's episode. Nice. Hey, Dan and Jeff. This is Sean from Pennsylvania. I know, I know I'm giving you, like, this huge backlog of voicemails and everything, but... I figured since you're doing these major songs from Mm-hmm, I should probably give you some Mm-hmm content. So I just want to start off first by saying that this is easily, if it's not tied for my favorite album, it kind of goes back and forth one and two with Mm-hmm and Air for Free for me currently. Uh, it's just listening to your episodes on some of the songs there, I'm just being reminded of just how great this album was. And, and I just really feel like Everything that they did in the first three albums was just building up to this wonderful, great piece of pop punk work and everything. And I, and I guess now is the time that I can say it's like, unlike what you guys and what so many other people apparently think of Reliant K where they, they kind of exist in like three eras. I always kind of viewed Reliant K and only having two eras, even though there's you no know, like multiple different lineups in these and everything. I viewed them first in the pop punk era, which is the self-titled up through, mm-hmm. And then the pop rock version, which is Five Square Up Through, through um, Air for Free. And Mm-hmm is my favorite album in that pop punk era. It's almost like, you know, like they, they worked up to it. They created this brilliant piece of pop punk work. And they're like, okay, we're done. We can go and do whatever else we want to do now. That makes sense to me. Yeah, I like that. I Because that's actually how I used to view it. Because coming in as a fan, as like a, a very young teen in, in the mid-2000s, I definitely thought that at the time that mm-hmm fit in and was not a huge dramatic change from the first three gears. Right. Now, now I see things a little differently, but at the time I definitely was like, yeah, this makes sense. It just made, it it did make perfect sense as a transition. And then seeing everything kind of after this as something else. Absolutely. I mean, I can agree with him absolutely from, and I've talked about this before, but just being into the band from the first album when Mm -hmm came out, nothing felt off. Nothing felt it felt fresh for the band, but nothing felt different. Mm-hmm. Nothing felt out of place. Whereas exactly. with Five Score, things felt like they had shifted. Things definitely felt... I mean, Agreed. and then when you talk about Forget and Not Slow Down, there's a dramatic shift there. Obviously, Collapsible Lung, there's a giant shift there. And then maybe the shift from Collapsible Lung to Air for Free isn't that big when you talk about just kind of like the pop production and stuff. But it's still... A different shift yeah. in, in terms of like, t- to me, Air for Free is like a melding of like the production ideas of Collapsible Lung with the classic Reliant K writing style and sure. stuff. But so from that point of view, I totally get it. And actually that's, and I'll, I'll bring it up again later, but that's one of my viewpoints on this song that's kind of maybe in the middle of the Venn diagram of what Sean's saying here and, you know to not disagree with him but we'll we'll get into it when i get with the song when we get to the song but yeah absolutely if you had to split that relying cave history pie into two five score is kind of like a whole new different thing even though it, and that has nothing to do with the members of the band i i get that but also more specifically you know like uh more than useless is probably my favorite song from the album 
and I that that song is just so great. I like I like the words. I love the the message behind it, but I also like the way it sounds. Um, I love that moment. Uh, whenever the bridgey says, you know, like the world's doing just fine without me, like when the without me takes off, it's just like, <clears throat> yeah, feels so good. Um, I, I just, whenever I was listening to your podcast, I remembered this back, and you might find this in one of your deep dives. I don't know. I see in the transcription <laughs> of what he's about to talk Uh-oh. about. Oh, is this a spoiler? And this is a spoiler. You already know about it. Oh, okay. But we, it's. You know, we'll we'll get to that. This is definitely something we're going to talk about later. What he's about to talk about. I don't know why I'm being coy. Like he's about to say what the thing is. Uh, but in 2005, Reliant K appeared on MTV's TRL. Now I, I tried looking for this, and there's not a ton of evidence for this on the internet. I don't know. Maybe you guys will find the same thing I did in your deep dive when you do be my escape, but. All I could find any evidence that this happened was like a blog entry, like a journal entry on the Trademark RK website, uh, and it was in August of 2005. So it was after Mm-hmm came out, and it was before Apathetic EP came out. But anyway, they were on there. They did some interviews, and they did an acoustic performance of Be My Escape. I think John Warren was in the band. Dave was still in the band. I don't remember if Schneck had joined yet. We'll find out. We'll find out. <laughs> But I just remembered the the main thing that I remember is they they did a little interview spot, and the guys were kind of, must have been like in one of their moves and everything because they gave some humorous answers to some things. Like uh, the interviewer asked, uh, "What what's something that people might not know about you?" And I think it was Tyson who said, "Oh, uh, people won't know what's in my pocket right now," you know, like he does. <laughs> Sexy. <laughs> That's some some precursor to collapsible lung stuff right there. And then uh, the other thing is in the same interview that came up, the guy asked about the title, mm-hmm, like he asked if he was pronouncing it correctly and everything. He says, oh, that's kind of hard to say. And the guy said, yeah, one of the reasons why we named it, mm-hmm, was because it would be difficult for DJs and interviewers to pronounce, to say it, like like smoothly in conversation. So I like I don't know how much seriousness there is to that, but it also is kind of like on brand for Reliant K to give an album a difficult name for some of those reasons. So just just my two cents. I, I tried looking for it on YouTube. I can't find it. Uh, I can't find the interview or the or the performance. But yeah, they were on MTV in 2005. I remember this because someone in my family recorded it on DVR so I could watch it. So yeah, we'll come back to that in a little bit. Did they record it on their TiVo? <laughs> oh yeah, right. <laughs> TiVo was a thing then, right? Yeah, that TiVo, was like TiVo was like one of the first really big DVRs, DVR and it kind of had a yeah. step up. I, I I feel like TiVo had a foot ahead of the cable companies having their own DVRs built into the cable box. They, yeah, 100% they were. Yeah, and then like, I remember trying to be like, mom, dad, we should totally switch away from cable and we should switch over to this TiVo thing. And then like a few months later, they came out with DVR for cable well, and my parents just upgraded to that. Well, you needed cable. TiVo wasn't the supplier of the cable. Right. I was like, you need to get this thing so that we can watch shows later. And they right. were like, we can just record it on VHS. And I'm like, no, no it's not It's, it's not, not cutting it. And then the DVR thing came out not and that much TiVo longer later. And then TiVo became like the Xerox name for it for a, for a long yeah. time. Yeah. Because TiVo was the first out of the gate. But now people just call it DVR because eventually 
people stopped using specific TiVo. Yeah, I don't even think TiVo's around anymore. I mean, maybe they are. Maybe they're a streaming site now. (laughs) But yes, we will get back to the TRL stuff. So that's awesome that uh, Sean called to let us know about that. We will explain what we found and what we didn't find. So this week we're talking about Be My Escape. Uh, My... like sort of first note to maybe rectify if this offended anyone last week or the last two weeks. Uh oh. Well, when I said "Who I Am, Who I've Been" is a song that's so ubiquitous that it becomes eventually boring to me. It starts to feel like wallpaper, and I really can't hear it more than a couple of times. Be my escape is does not have that effect on me. Oh, okay. This See, is, I'm the opposite. I know. Yeah, we talked about it before the show, but I know that Jessica feels the opposite. But um, it's funny that you feel that way about Be My Escape because to me, I don't know what it. I'm not sure what it is, but there's a lot more going on in this song. This the 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 quieter parts. There are some quiet parts in Who I Am, Me Too, I've Been. But Who I Am, Me Too, I've Been is sort of just from beginning to end. It felt like Who I Am, Who I've Been could have been written by some other band. You know what I mean? I don't know what it is. I can't crack the genome of the music like Pandora did. I don't know what it is specifically. But just the fact that it's such a Who I Am, Who I've Been is such a straight-ahead, heavier rock song. There's heavy elements to Be My Escape as well. But there's it's just something about the tune, the melody... Who I am, hey, to have been. I'm sorry, I'm dancing around this, but I don't know what it is. <laughs> I feel like if you gave who, I, if you had given who I am, hey, to have been to some other pop punk band of the time or pop rock band, like one of those sort of like all American rejects or you know those kind of bands that are technically pop punk, but they're not really. They're more like pop rock. If you give them to one of those bands, I wouldn't have batted an eye. I wouldn't have said, oh, this song sounds like it was written by Matt Thiessen. Who I Miss Have Been doesn't sound exactly like it absolutely was only written by Matt Thiessen. Whereas Be My Escape feels like it has pure Reliant K Matt Thiessen DNA in this song. Like, I don't personally think I could hear this, which is funny because Who I Am Is Who I've Been is a Bad Friend Thiessen song. And yeah, that's I was going to say. But it's not a matter of the lyrics. I'm simply talking huh. about the melody and the driving force of the song. Who I Am Is Who I've Been sounds like it could have been written by another band. Be My Escape sounds far more quintessentially Reliant K to me. Interesting. Well, before we get too far into opinions, this song was released in October 2004 as the lead single from their fourth full-length album, Mm-hmm. Be My Escape peaked at number 82 on the Billboard Hot 100 on August 5th, 2005 and spent four weeks on the chart. Uh, It was also certified gold in the U.S. on October 5th, 2005. Much like last week, I'm like not used to having so much like, oh, official business (laughs) to report. This, I thought this was interesting. Be My Escape was featured in 2006 men's u.s open tennis championship uh with the song's opening guitar solo playing as the event headed into a commercial according to wikipedia (laughs) okay (laughs) and the song was nominated for two dove awards at the 37th gma dove awards oh boy pop slash contemporary (laughs) recorded song of the year and short form music video of the year Short form music video, as opposed to long form music videos, which are very common now with YouTube. Yes, yeah, not but so common back then. Not really. I mean, I guess you had like Thriller 
Because now you think of like Taylor Swift, Lana Del Rey, you've got these like very big productions, sort of ones where you have, you know, extended stuff at the beginning, the end, you know, you've got some dialogue in there. But yeah, like 2004, 2005, that was not quite as popular. I feel like there was a time in the 80s into the early 90s where long form videos because of thriller had become a thing. Like uh, Guns N' Roses had a a well-known one. Madonna had a few. Yeah. But by 2005, when maybe the, the, you know, the, the, when you're between MTV stopping playing music and YouTube really being a thing in that gray area, like bands were basically just making music videos just to like fill like a, an obligation almost. Right, yeah. So I don't know why people would do long-form videos in 2004, 2005. I mean, maybe it was just still big in the Christian industry. <laughs> right. Unless that's like counts like direct-to-video things, maybe. I, I'm not sure. Like that Newsboys feature film that they did, which is really only like 50 minutes long. Like, is that count as a long-form music video? We should do a bonus episode on the Dove Awards at some point. <laughs> And an acoustic version of this song was released in November 2005 on the Apathetic EP, and it included the addition of a mandolin. And that is something that comes up a lot in my deep dive. Lots of mandolin tabs. Like, okay. if you're a mandolin player and you want to play Be My Escape, oh my gosh, just do a Google search, because there I found like at least four websites with tabs for it. Gotcha. Well, now I feel like I got to spoil the thing that we were being cheeky about <laughs> to Sean earlier. Because what happened was, because I now I have to share some information that I also got from this same source, but I DM Schneck. And I was actually thinking about this since Who I Am, since we did Who I Am, when we had spoken with uh, Punko's Pod, I was thinking, I wonder if Schneck was involved in Apathetic EP, or if those songs were all just from the same session of Mm Hmm and held off for the EP. Well, I found out, so I asked Schneck flat out, I'm like, you know, were you involved in Apathetic EP? And he said, yes. Yes, he was. So those sessions apparently were not part of the original mm-hmm sessions. Okay. And John and John were in the band by then. And it is Schneck playing the mandolin at the beginning of the Be My Escape acoustic version. Nice. And then what Schneck said was the same as when we did it on TRL. Because he played, and this answers Sean's question, Schneck had... Uh, a mandolin on TRL nice. and I'm like oh you guys played TRL like I didn't find anything about this and I hadn't because I did, did this song so massive I helped Jessica with the deep dive I did some basic deep dive stuff as well I didn't find it on YouTube I found that uh, yeah, that, that like we Yobi or whatever it was website where all the Leno clips and the Letterman clips and right. the, everything are but nothing for TRL so Schneck sent me the TRL clip. Nice. <laughs> Not the, I don't think there's any interview footage on it. I think it's just the song, the acoustic version of Be My Escape. That's great. So we'll hear more of that clip. And, you know, t- part two of this episode next week is going to be mostly the covers and additional, deep additional stuff. YouTube yeah. stuff that I did that I found. But we'll do a few of those this week sure. in addition to our guest. So... I don't have a lot of Reliant K stories to tell on my Reliant K podcast, but I have a Be My Escape story. Oh, nice. So in college, and this was like late 2005, Mm -hmm. first year of college, I was, it was the first month actually. And I had a group project for, I don't know, I think it was like behavioral studies or one of those general education classes. And 
it was off campus. So another guy in my group didn't have a car. And so he was like, hey, can I catch a ride? And I was like, yeah, sure. And I had mm-hmm on in, in my car. And he was like, be my escape came on. And he's like, oh, I know this song. I lost my virginity to this song. Oh, right. I know this song. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. And he was like, yeah, with my girlfriend this past summer because it was on the radio. And I was like, oh, all right. <laughs> Thanks for the information. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for sharing. And the like really awful, like uptight 18 year old Christian me was like, I don't How think the you. band would like that. <laughs> like, it's so awful. Like, I just want to go back and like, like, like knock some sense into younger me. But like, it was really funny. I was definitely really put off. I don't even remember his name now. He was a nice guy, but it was really funny. I was just like, oh, oh okay. Well, whatever. You know, <laughs> You know, I don't ever need, I never need to hear people doing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I always felt that way. <laughs> and the thing was, when I was a kid, it's, it's like when I was young and if hearing other, hearing people talk about doing it and like sex comedies and stuff, part of me thought I was offended because of my religion, because of being yeah, Christian. Exactly. But when I look back now, especially now that like the, the trappings and like the, 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 the judgment on people and the judgment on media that I had inherently in my soul from church, as that judgment has left my body, I'm still like, yeah, I still don't want to hear about jocks and stuff and who they've boned. And, you know, not that your friend was a jock, but I also don't want to hear. I also didn't need to hear about, like, who people have uh, it's a weird with. thing to share like the, with a girl who's like yeah. giving you a ride that you just know from a class you're doing like a group project with i'm like. not saying that the yeah i'm not saying that the inherent thing of like two teenagers having consensual sex in and of itself is is weird or bad or sinful i don't care but even when i was a teenager i don't need to hear about my my peers and their sex lives. Well, how's your sex life? I don't need to. <laughs> I don't need. To, I don't need to hear that. So it's and, and that and I'm saying now as an adult, I can look back at all the Christian, like sort of conservative and uptight trappings have kind of left my body. I'm like, nope, that one's still there. It has nothing to do with my religion. It's just like I don't need your information. Get away from me. Just get away. <laughs> I mean, it's great because it gave us the story that 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 your friend told you that. But still. <laughs> I've been waiting 90 episodes to share that. <laughs> Just been sitting on it. <laughs> so I don't have a ton to say about the song. Same as who I am. And maybe we'll figure out more to talk about as we dive into the lyrics and as we look at other people's posts and stuff about the song. But yeah, because this is such a major song, it's like, what can you say about it? You know what I mean? Yes, exactly. <laughs> Except that, to me, it's way better than, and I know this isn't the case for you, but to me, this is way better than who I am. I think that this is just, I feel like this is, as I kind of danced around, it feels more Reliant K. It feels like a natural, like, peak that Reliant K finally, like, broke through and hit after those first three albums. Which is why I was glad to hear Sean's voicemail, because... Yeah, you can see the first four albums. Obviously, we're discrediting uh, All Work and No Play. But you can look at the first four albums as, you know, the same era. Especially since it's the same lineup that was on those four albums. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just because 
Brian leaves immediately after this album is done, and John and John come on very quickly after that. The, mm-hmm is still closer to the first three albums than it is to Forget or Five Score. And also, this is just, this song really is, it's very poetic. It's very well written. It, it shows a lot of maturity. Like, this is definitely, this song, I look at this song, I look at these lyrics, I even look at some of the, the, the structure of the instrumental, and I'm like, you know what? I can see that they're building up to forget not slow down right here. Right. Like, this is definitely a glimpse at that, at that sort of sound and maturity in the work. Yeah, and I can I can sort of see like plateau is a bad word because plateau is is taken as a bad thing, but I'm I can see how they have they reached a peak with this album, and nothing else they did was a lateral move from here, but it was as if the first three albums were a climb, a mm-hmm. climb yeah, to become to get this here. band, and once they were here and on this peak, they suddenly had a whole world in front of them artistically. You know what I mean? Absolutely. It's like I don't necessarily like I. You can argue five score and forget not slow down, being better or not than. Mm-hmm. I think that's completely uh, subjective, but you can. But to me, it's like they're they're not necessarily them continuing to go up artistically. It's like they're finding whole new ways to spread out after they conquered. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and they're just—they've just been doing. They're a band that's just always been doing just what they feel like doing, with the exception of maybe Bird in the Beat Sides and Five Score. Right. They had a little bit more pressure coming in from record companies with those albums, but you really get for most of their discography just them kind of doing what they want to do, which is really, really amazing. Mm-hmm. When I think of how this is a better single to me than Who I Am Hates Who I've Been. There's a radio mix, which we'll play later, <laughs> which I don't like as much. It kind of softens it. It softens what the, the heavier moments. They have it to get rid of the outro. Jesus, Danny. They have to make <laughs> well, they, it less about the Jesus, and they have to make it a little more not, murky. It's not that kind of radio edit. <laughs> they didn't change the lyrics, but they soften the heaviness of some of the guitars, and they cut out the outro part, which I guess is cutting out some yeah. more of the Jesus, because that's yeah. more proof about yeah. what the song's about. But, you know, the fact that this has a radio edit and it just feels more like a real original. It feels like everything culminated up to that point in this song. Whereas Who I Am, Hey Too, I've Been is a maturing sound wise from the first three albums. But I could almost you could almost hear a version of Who I Am, Hey Too, I've Been on, you know, it would sound different. It would maybe wouldn't be exactly the same. You could hear a demo version of who I am, hates who I've been, on three lefts. I can hear that. Sort of like how Green Day does Welcome to Paradise on Kerplunk, and it's still rough around the edges. They don't change the structure of the song in any way, but when they redo it for Dookie, it fits in perfectly with Dookie. Like, I feel like who I am, hates who I've been, is is just that, just that, it's, it's just on the half step up. And Be My Escape feels like the next step up. So I'm, I'm actually curious which song would have been written sort of first. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. was Who I Am, Hates Who I've Been written maybe a couple years before Mm-hmm? Was Be My Escape written closer to Mm-hmm? I mean, Who I Am, Hates Who I've Been was performed at Cornerstone 2004. So it was an early enough ready song to be played. You know what I mean? It was yeah. played with Brian still in the band. 
So I'm, I'm kind of curious, was Who I Am, He Too Have Been written first? And was Be My Escape sort of like a more perf- a more perfect, to me, a more perfect encapsulation of everything the band was able to achieve with this album? Now, I don't know, you might have come across this since you do the video dives, but I did come across that this song was before it became big in 2005. In 2004, this song appeared kind of in the middle of the set until later when they moved it to either, you know, like the intro or the outro or whatever. But initially, it appeared kind of in the middle as like, you know, just Unceremonious. Like, uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, that's how Who I Am was served up at Cornerstone 2004. It's just kind of in the middle. Here's a new song. Everyone yeah, was exactly. Like, yeah, cool new song. <laughs> Um, I mean, that makes sense because, you know, it was a Goatee Records album, right? And they weren't on Capitol yet. And all of a sudden, Capitol's like, goes to Goatee. And we're like, oh, we're taking, we're like, hey, we're just bringing them over here. They're not technically signing to Capitol. We're just moving them up because we're all part of the same parent company. So it really wasn't until that move to Capitol that maybe some of this stuff started to really move and shake. And I wonder what if what would have happened in a world where mm-hmm, wasn't moved to capital. Like, what would have happened in a world where Reliant K gets moved to capital, but they're like, oh, that mm-hmm album, that's pretty good. I mean, I can't imagine this happening in any any alternate universe. But hypothetically, what happens where Capital plucks up Reliant K and they're like, okay, let's start working on your fifth album. Don't worry about mm-hmm, you've already released it. It's a goatee record. It, it'll be in as enough secular stores as any, you know, Christian Fire sure. and Friends of Your MXPX would normally be anyway. We're not going to worry about pushing the singles from that. What would that world have been like? Where it's like, let's start focusing on album five right away. Something else that I love is the cover art for the Be My Escape single. Right. Which features just Tyson, Hoops, and... Dave Douglas. Yeah, because this was this very, very short period. I've seen it on social media posts, either on Goatee's social media or Reliant K's social media, which it's probably Goatee because they're the one that's active out of those two, um, where they were like, they showed some something else from that same photo set or same or similar photo set from the time where Reliant K was a trio for a very short period before Warren came in. And, you know, which we know from talking to Schneck that Warren was basically brought in first and then Schneck was brought in shortly after. Right. So there's this funny little period where they didn't get anything out as a trio, but they were a trio for a short amount of time as well while things were in flux with them and they were moving suddenly to capital and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, you know what? Now that I think about it, I believe John Schneck was as shocked to learn they were in Capital. So I feel like they weren't necessarily immediately moved to Capital when they were still that trio for that like couple of months. No, it was like, I think it had, I I could be remembering this wrong, but I think when we spoke with him, he said that it was just kind of like one day they were like, oh wait, we're with Capital now. Yeah, like so everybody was, the, was surprised by it. So if he was in the band, then that's a couple months, then that's gotta be after the short Secret, yeah, the secret origins of the Reliant K trio, like they really just did kind of when Brian left because the he band, had kind of worked with them before, as had like John Warren. So they all now. knew each other and were were in the same sort of circles. Yes, I remember now. Brian leaves the band, and I haven't just heard that we haven't just we didn't just hear this from Schneck being on our show. I heard this in other interviews and histories as well. Brian leaves the band. 
Reliant K for a very this very short period of time is like, well, I guess we're a trio technically without a bass player. And for that short moment, it would almost have been like what Paramore is today, where Paramore is just technically the three members, but you don't get the full Paramore sound from three members. It's just we're the three core members and anyone else you see on stage with us is a touring member, anyone else filling in on the other instruments. So maybe Reliant K would have gone that way, but you know, thank goodness they didn't. They talked to Schneck first. Schneck was going to possibly replace Brian Pittman. He wasn't available. So then they move on to Warren, and Schneck thinks he's missed his opportunity to be in Reliant K. And then they reach back out to him, and it's like, hey, we actually want to bring you in as a third guitarist. That's it. So I do love that picture where it's just the core group that's left before you get the Johns, and then ultimately... Dave leaves and Ethan replaces him. So the radio edit is three minutes and 12 seconds long, where the original version that you find on the album is four minutes long. Gotcha. Do you want to listen to a little of the radio edit? Did you listen to it? Maybe just play that like outro bit, because I think m- most well, you gotta, of it is you, kind of that. You should no? hear. No, there's a, there's, a, there's a considerable difference in okay. the radio edit. So let's play some of that right now. No, I will say that when that song kicks off, though, like, makes you feel things like that. So good, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I will say that. This isn't. This isn't coming through on the Bluetooth speaker that we use for the podcast. <laughs> uh oh. But if you put your headphones in, when after the dun 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 dun, dun and then that kickoff that, yeah. that like everyone suddenly starts playing. Hope you're not sick has, of. Hope you're not sick of. Sadie Hawkins pod. Everywhere that's been a problem for a long time, I'm sure. It's true. But when this when this moment happens, ready? That's mixed different. When that, oh. all the, everything else kicks in, it's just hard for me to actually prove to you right now over the Bluetooth. <laughs> but I, I'm sure when people hear it with their headphones when they listen to this podcast, I think people are going to hear it. And then they also cut down the intro. Makes sense. It's lengthy for the radio. You want to get right to it. It's like yeah. the radio is like a YouTube video. So the mix, so the actual mix is different. It's just kind of softened a little bit. I don't know why they felt a need to do that. I do love this song. So the it, it kind of made you kind of made it sound like I hate this song. I love. I didn't this mean song. to make it sound like you hate that. I hate the song. It's more just that I've heard it so much. Like this was the song yeah. that I don't like. I didn't really realize that who I am hates who I've been was a like technically from a technical standpoint a bigger single mm-hmm. like it was definitely be my escape like i remember hearing be my escape on the radio i remember having friends in my car who would be like oh if we have to listen to reliant k then you have to play the song that we know which is be my escape so it's because i had to listen to be my escape so much that i sort of just became desensitized to it it's like i just i had to con- i've had to consume it so much that I just kind of don't, I don't think of it anymore. It's like when you say a word too many times. It's right. kind of like that. I th- if, if who I am, who I've been is quantifiably 
a higher charting or more selling song. I think Be My Escape is higher in the zeitgeist of Reliant K's. I mean, it's... Absolutely. It's number one on Spotify. It was played on TRL. Exactly. I was going to say, they went on TRL with this song. I I wonder if the fact... I don't know. I feel like... can't think of any examples right now. To be fair, the music video for Who I Am, Hate, So I've Been did chart on TRL. But I don't believe, at least I didn't see, that uh, Reliant K appeared for that song. Just this one. Right. I can't think of any examples right now, but I'm sure the history of music is filled with situations where a band basically has their biggest song as a single, and then their next song outsells that previous one, but it's the first one that really becomes a song everyone knows. Maybe people bought, maybe more people bought into uh, uh, to Who I Am, It's Who I've Been, but more, more people remembered Be My Escape. Yeah, that's like how I read somewhere a long time ago, like when we first started the podcast, that five score was maybe like better selling than mm-hmm, which i was shocked about but it was fully on capital released and it was the follow-up to mm-hmm, so i think it was just like people were and like we oh actually, yeah i like that song right. so let me get this whole album what we actually figured out later was that it's actually five score is their fastest charting album not right. that it ultimately outsold mm-hmm, but it went up the chart really quick and what's what's like quantifiably the bigger thing like that means that there was a lot of excitement for Reliant K's fifth album, right? There was more yeah. excitement for Reliant K's fifth album than there was for their fourth album. I, I believe that mm-hmm outsold. Yeah, it definitely did from what I've heard when people have corrected us. Mm-hmm outsold five score in right. the long run, but five score hit the charts running. Exactly. Which, because they're like, people were at the time were like, hey... There's this song that I really like, so I like this artist. Let me get whatever their most recent thing is. Let me get what their new thing. And so, and it's on Capitol, so you've got that bigger push from that bigger record label entirely. So the point is, we love all our children the same. Our children being Reliant Cave songs. <laughs> so let's hear how the radio edit deals with the outro. That's it. It just fades out. Yeah. He's not a hostage tight, to anything nope, in this one. Tight fade out. I So I swear that in this radio edit, the mix of the song overall is different. Like, it is a bit more treble on the main guitar. It's just a little softer. It's when everything kicks in, it's not as, like, smashing in your face. It's just toned down a little bit for the radio. You know how, like heavy metal bands it's always their ballad was always supposedly the bigger single than their actual like rockin songs yeah so uh yeah i don't even think i kind of realized i definitely knew about how be my escape cut out at the end but i didn't realize and that the be my escape radio mix sounds a little different and it's available on goatee hits what is this album called it's available on spotify in a compilation called goatee hits a 2007 compilation of, I guess, just like Goatee's Greatest Hits. It's got songs by Grits and Jeff Dio and Story sure. Side B. And oh, yeah. <laughs> all our favorites. Paul Wright, Liquid. John Rubin. Oh, it's got Nuisance, which is a song we'll hopefully talk about sometime. The John Rubin, Matt Thiessen song. Anyway, 
that's Goatee Hits. Go check that out if you want to hear the Be My Escape radio mix, or I assume watch slash listen to the music video. So, are you ready to sort of dive into the actual lyrics? Because there's definitely stuff to unpack here. Yeah, because I learned, I was today years old, when I learned that I was misinterpreting the opening to this song. So I always thought the lyrics were, I'm giving up, I'm giving up slowly. It's not. It's, I've given up on giving up slowly, which kind of changes the intention of the lyrics and the lyrics to follow. It does. Like, I actually heard it the same way you heard it your whole life, but I also didn't put a ton of credence into the, that opening line. So he's giving up faster. I'm giving up. <laughs> I'm giving up slowly. I'm blending in so you won't even know me. Yeah, he's. it's like a double negative. Like, it's a double negative, so it's a negative. <laughs> Whatever. Exactly. It's not a positive in, your, in our way of having read it. I'm giving up. I'm giving up slowly. Or I'm giving up on giving up slowly. I guess that could be interpreted as either that means he's giving up giving up or he's giving up on giving up slowly and that means he's actually giving up faster yeah which i think it's it's i think it's about giving up faster <laughs> right uh because i'm blending in so you won't even know me apart from this whole world that shares my fate so a little ambiguous but it sounds to me like when he says i'm giving up on giving up slowly i think that means he's giving up faster because he's done with everything and he wants to escape and he's blending in so that people won't even notice him anymore and he's given up. So there are definitely karaoke versions of this song and I really want for next week for us to do you just reading the lyrics in time to the music. Okay. <laughs> you want me to. Um, and this one, oh, and I'm reading right off of the booklet here. And this one last bullet you mention is my one last shot at redemption. Because I know to live, you must give your life away. So this is also one of those things about Reliant K that was the larger way in which they matured immediately with this album. To me, not being a huge lyrics person and never being too concerned about understanding every word. I've, ne- I've just never felt that way. I can hear a song like Be My Escape... And I can be like, I get what he's saying mostly, but I don't need to like dissect every word to make sure that every line is fitting exactly what I think he's singing. And it's like we talked about last week when you gave that uh, Jim Morrison quote about good poetry is about at least two things at a time. Yeah. Right? So I don't know exactly what he's saying every line. Like, I don't know what the last bullet he mentioned that they mention is i don't know who he's talking to obviously the big debate is either he's talking to god or romantic interest or some well, other don't person worry that, because song meanings and genius oh, have sure. something to t- <laughs> have their own uh, ideas about that and i always read it as this is definitely a two meaning thing because you have bullet and shot in the same sentence but I totally read right. it as like this black one last bullet you mention as being like a bullet point, right? On a document or what you know, as something. That well, you're there you go. Through. That's poetry's two things at yeah, once. Yeah, exactly. So, 
is my uh, one last shot of redemption. Because I know to live, you must give your life away. So right there is like, to live, you must give your life away. Immediately there is what might feel like the most Christian or otherwise spiritual lyrics so far in the song. But when I also hear some of these sort of lyrics, and it's kind of like this basically... How am I trying to phrase this? Well, it's definitely, we know that this is Reliant K, so we see this through the lens of being a Christian band, so we assume he's talking about giving your life to Christ. And that is most likely, that is very plausible of that's exactly what he's singing about, especially when you consider that all other, like, 30 songs the band has written up to this point, 40 songs the band has written up to this point, are usually almost always about Jesus. If they're not about a Sadie Hawkins dance or a horse (laughs) or the Thundercats, then they're about Jesus. But when I think of the line, to live, you must give your life away, that's not an inherently What about when they're about a Charles in Charge? But the Charles in Charge is like one of the most Christian songs. It's Jesus, it's one of the only songs where Jesus appears personally in the lyrics. Like, hey, you mean Jesus are going to go pick up some chicks that from the girls from Baywatch and on your show? Sure thing. Okay, yeah, I can't wait to get to that. So, what I was saying is, to the the phrase "I know to live, you must give your life away." is not, to me, an absolutely inherently only Christian concept. No, you can read that both ways. You can read that in a number of ways. You can I, you can just read that, like, about letting go. and let, Again, this is a religious thing, but people say this in a secular way, letting go and letting God. You don't always have control over your life. Even if you're an atheist, you don't have absolute control over your life. The people who try to force control over their lives like the most forceful become like dictators and like you know what i mean like the people who absolutely say i know i do not accept that you are usually like people who are awful to be around like awful principals and teachers and and parents like people that like try to force everyone into a box so like everybody no matter what your religious belief is needs to give some of their life away they need to give up the fact that circumstances are not always in their control so if you take the non-spiritual non-religious non-christian view of this song then that's that can be a way to interpret that line it's it is a little like i know to live you must give your life away it is very very much so a christian thought but you can be like you know what in order to live you must love and so right. you must give your life away to your love. You know what like, else? I can see it both ways. You know what else? It fits 2020. And what we continue <laughs> oh, to feel now. Oh, no. To, what? But I mean it. To live, you got to oh. give your life away. You got to stay inside. Oh, Everything facts. you did for your life, all the things you loved doing, going out, being with people, being with friends, being with family, going to movies, going to sporting events, that was how you lived. You got to give that away. If you want to literally live because you need to not catch the virus and not spread it. Thank goodness I was not high right now because that just blew my mind. <laughs> now, obviously, I don't think that Matt Thiessen had COVID-19 in mind when he wrote this song circa 2003-2004. And I've been housing all this doubt and insecurity and I've been locked inside that house all the while you hold the key. This is much easier to follow than the previous two stanzas. 
Uh, and I'm dying to get out, and that might be the death of me. And even though there's no way of knowing where to go, I promise I'm going. Because I gotta get out of here. Like, I don't know how you're actually reading those lyrics and not singing them. Because I'm tone deaf. <laughs> I am singing them. I am oh, singing no. them. What do you mean? Oh, no. <laughs> I thought I was doing a good oh, job no. for once. <laughs> You were doing great, Dan. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that's like the classic symbolism of the song is like his, his, de- whatever it is, whatever is getting him down, his depression, his feeling cooped up, his being, oh, you know what? And I've definitely seen tweets in the last year. That we have that, literally been locked inside the, this yeah, house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now that I think about it, I didn't think about it before, but I've seen, because I comb everyone's tweets about Reliant K, and I see people talking about, I've been locked inside this house. Yeah, this is time for, for a big Reliant K comeback. Yeah. <laughs> we are primed, folks. So obviously he's talking about an emotional locking up and an emotional, or either an emotional or a spiritual key and house. and Yeah. But, you know, it's still because very you, good, you really could read this either also. way. Because there are people who put their everything into a significant other. So you really could. I, I can see how you could read it that way. Knowing Reliant K, it feels way more just like, yeah, you you know, in order to live, you've got to live your life to God. And, you know, you've been housing all this doubt and insecurity. And all the while, you know, God holds the key. It makes sense. It makes perfect sense. But you could... If you didn't want to read that into it, you could very easily be like, yeah, you know, you've got this person and they hold the key to everything. They give you what you need. Right. Also, and the fact is this song follows the one I'm waiting for, which is definitively about a relationship with a girl, unquestionably. And obviously we did that song two years ago now. But when we did that song and we found the song meanings post, it's people arguing, no, he's waiting for Jesus. Jesus is the one he's been waiting for. But definitively and without question, we dug into it. You can go back and listen to that episode. That song is about his girlfriend, Catherine. Absolutely. Because why would you be waiting for Jesus? Like, Jesus is always there. Right. Yeah. So that song is definitively about a relationship with a girl. So... Coming off of that song, you can see how when you listen to a song like this, the next song, where it's kind of vague, but has only the most vague spiritual imagery, spiritual imagery that doesn't even seem necessarily uh, exclusively Christian, that it could be about a relationship with a human, even if it's not romantic. If it could, I mean, so far, and we'll we'll finish the lyrics, but so far, I would say this could be about like a family member or a friend who is coming along and asking them to be in their escape. Like, obviously, the idea of like being an escape is like romantic. If you're like, give me a kiss, like, <laughs> let, 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 you know what I mean? Like, it, it it sounds romantic and a little sexy to be like, I want you to be my escape because I'm so depressed. But what if it's like you're asking a parent or a, or a, or a sibling or a best friend, I need you to be here for me. I need you to be my escape from this this difficulty I'm going through. This being track two definitely felt like, I at that time especially, I was just like, oh yeah, it's track two. So this is going to be the big single. Because like every other artist yeah. that I was listening to, track two was always the big single for 
whatever reason and I don't I don't know I haven't taken music theory or anything maybe there's like a, a specific <laughs> thing to that I don't know I, don't I haven't taken that's... record record producing 101 right. like maybe that's how you do tracks I don't know I don't think that falls directly into music theory it doesn't I know what you mean <laughs> doesn't at all because <laughs> music theory I know is nothing about, about music know nothing about but uh, music. that would be like marketing theory or something that would be like music marketing theory I guess Took three Sorry, years I, of I'm drums actually... and here I am. Like, no, please, I'm actually me. Because I don't know. <laughs> I don't know music theory. I remember I had one music. Does theory anybody want to take this 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 podcast over with Danny? <laughs> he really needs a competent co-host in as far as music is concerned. <laughs> well, whoever would come on if it was like Daniel or someone that we know, I would just be like, I can't argue with you about any of this. Like, if I don't, <laughs> if it doesn't feel right, and that's happened on Twitter where I've had like conversations about Scott and stuff and then Daniel pops in and he's not even a part of the original thread and he's like what you're describing is blah 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 and I'm like you're like this you're like the fixer in this situation how can I argue with you that's okay because I got him on Twitter the other day because he did not know that this video he posted he was like this is a cool video I don't know what game this is and I was like that's Fortnite I was like boom I know that (laughs) you're so young and hip and cool (laughs) Because I got to get out of here. I'm stuck inside this rut that I fell into by mistake. I got to get out of here. I'm begging you. I'm begging you. I'm begging you to be my escape. Man, this, I will say, this chunk of lyrics definitely speaks to you when you're in, like, sort of a confusing place in life. This song didn't speak to me as a teen, as, like, a high school girl, because I knew where I was going I knew, like, as soon as I finish well, and graduate from high don't. school, <laughs> as soon as I finish and graduate from high school, I know what I'm going to college for. I know what I'm doing. I know how long I'm going to be there. And I know where I'm going after that. As a young 30-something, I'm definitely like, I don't know anything. This song absolutely speaks to me so much more now than it did back then. So then uh, it remains pretty easy to track and actually quite literal from here. I've, I'm given up. On doing this alone now, because I failed and I'm ready to be shown how. You've told me the way, and I'm trying to get there. And this life sentence that I'm serving, I admit that I'm every bit deserving. But the beauty of grace is that it makes life not fair. So right there is like the most solidly, specifically Christian uh, faith in Christ moment in the song. It's funny because I never even like just knowing Reliant K's background. I was sort of like, yeah, this could be read as like a Christian metaphor, but I never particularly took it that way. I was definitely just like, I've always been very intrigued by that line. The beauty of grace is that it makes life not fair. Like, what exactly does that mean? And I'm actually excited to get to genius and song meanings to see what other people think that means. The beauty of grace is that it makes life not fair. It feels like a contradiction. Mm Mm-hmm. I think I basically have what what I assume the geniuses are going to say. Okay. Let's do it. I'm excited. Basically, it's the, I mean, it's the core, one of the core principles of Christianity, if you absolutely look at it from a Christian point of view. The beauty of grace is that it makes life unfair. Grace is Christ's forgiveness of your sins. So what makes that, what makes that what co- what from Christ forgiving your sins causes life to be unfair? There's probably another a number of nuanced ways you can look at it, but I assume it means 
you should suffer for your sins. You should be paying. It's kind of like the more uh, flagellating, you know, self-flagellating way to look at it. Mm. But like you should be suffering for your sins and it's not fair that you're not. Hmm. So you so have So you're grace. saying like the beauty of the grace of God's love is that it makes life not fair in that you are saved and you can sin again and again and you'll still be <laughs> saved. Is no. that what you're saying? No. Like I said, there might be, there are different nuanced ways of looking at it. So maybe think of it more like this. If somebody m- m- screwed you over, well, the b- beauty of grace is they'll be forgiven and you'll forgive them. And that's not exactly fair, but you all have grace. I gotcha. So there's, and just depending on how you kind of shift the pieces around, there's a number of ways that a person can personally interpret that basic line. But I think that's the core principle of the idea is the fact that there is forgiveness. Just replace the word grace with the word forgiveness. And hopefully it's a little easier to wrap your head around. Yeah, that makes a lot more sense because I'm thinking of like, if you want to look at this from your like a purely secular point of view, the beauty of grace mm-hmm. is like not a person named Grace necessarily, but like I always think back to the fact that it's like my parents used to have this thing up in my room that was like because I was born on a Tuesday, it said Tuesday's child is full of grace. And so I think about that from time to time. I wonder what happened to that. It was like a it was like a cross stitch needlework thing. I don't know what happened to it, but. I was thinking, like, to me, the word grace really evokes more of, like, a ballerina sort of <laughs> sort of right. visual. So it's, like, the beauty of, like, being with that someone graceful is that it makes life not fair. So you could almost look at this in, like, a very dark way in <laughs> that, like, if you're pretty and you move well, life isn't fair because you get everything. And that's, that, I mean, that's that's a perfectly interpretable way of thinking of it. Yeah. But uh, (laughs) Merriam-Webster defines grace as, one, unmerited divine assistance given to humans for their regeneration or sanctification. So the number one definition, according to Webster, is getting merit from God for no reason. And that sounds about right. Uh, Also, in sub-definitions of that, a virtue coming from God or a state of sanctification enjoined, enjoyed through divine assistance. Uh, Definition number two is approval or favor. Stayed, uh, example, stayed in his good graces. Number three. I mean, that could, your your second definition can work too because the beauty of grace, meaning acceptance, Mm -hmm. makes life not fair. If you want to look at this from a high school standpoint. (sighs) Or getting into college, acceptance. Yeah. (laughs) Number (laughs) three. You're accepted a lot more if you're jock or whatever and mm. and you go around telling everyone if you scored if you, if you got laid what you lost your virginity to <laughs> definition number three is a charming or attractive trait or characteristic so i assume from the i would assume the etymology of that definition is basically like you have a merit in your personality that wasn't earned it's just there right so it's like a grace that god gave you your bet your amazing ballerina although you'd have to earn your beauty your beauty or your your heavenly way of dancing and as a ballerina is a grace that god gave you i There's hate how deep we're diving into this single lyric because we never do this <laughs> <laughs> 
but that is like one of the most calligraphied and yes. bootleg merched lines by Ryan yeah. K. Is the for everybody who who quit quit college and took calligraphy so they could make their fake degrees. Yes, it's th- it's that line. Another way, last thing on this that I would say is uh, doing a simple algebraic equation to say the beauty of grace is that it makes life not fair. Then you could say the beauty of life not being fair is grace. You know what I mean? If you flip it, this should be equal. (laughs) The beauty of life life not being fair isn't beautiful, but the beauty of life not being fair is that grace exists. April just got bored with us. She did not appreciate your... I thought I was saying something pretty, like... I, I loved it, babe. In there. But April the Engineer did not. So there's many other lyrics. Uh, a repeat of the pre-chorus, repeat of the chorus, the bridge. I am a hostage to my own humanity, self-detained and forced to live in this mess I made. So there's hints of bad friend and themes here. Yep. Hints of it, but not not really a full-on Bad ten- Friend T-Sen song. Um, and all I'm asking is for you to do what you can with me, but I'll ask you to give what... But I can't ask you to give what you already gave. So that right there is the most absolutely flat-out Christian lyrics. Also because I moved to Genius at one point here. <laughs> Uh-oh. I didn't read the annotation. <laughs> but the booklet I was reading was from a screen cap, and I realized that it continued on page two, and I didn't take that screen cap. Genius capitalized the use. I can go grab the CD or the vinyl if you like. Please go grab the CD. Well, I explain that. Cool. The you pronoun was capitalized, implying that he is specifically talking to God and saying, I can't give, I can't ask you, I assume, I can't ask you to once again give your life on the cross because you already gave it. I also ran into a number of lyrics sites Which, that capitalized, that used capitalization. So I would like to see on the actual booklet if you is capitalized or not. So as, as Jessica comes back, holding April, holding I our dog, she's got... <laughs> April's here now. So the booklet, the word you is not capitalized in any of the cases where Hmm. it would be. Uh, You is lowercase everywhere in this song. So I'm begging you, I'm begging you to be my escape. That is not capitalized. And uh, I can't ask you to give what you already gave. That is not capitalized either. So I feel like, is it, where, where did the capitalized U's in, in genius and similar things. See, where did this come Where'd from? Where'd they come from? Did yeah. they come from fans who were just like, well, this sure. song obviously can only be about God. Right. Which I do think... Because they are based off of user submissions. Right. So I do think that this song is about both, and it's supposed to be a simile or a metaphor to say, like, you can get help out of your depressions and out of your difficulty in life from the people that you love and god loves you so he can get you out as well but i don't know theologically i can't get behind saying this line to god i can't ask you to give what you already gave because he are he because you can't ask him to you can't ask him. He doesn't you need to ask. die for your sins yeah again. exactly he do- and unless there's another way of interpreting it in a in a theological way that I'm not seeing, what I'm hearing here is 
Christ gave his life on the cross for my sins. And I can't ask him to do it again. I look but, at that from a bad friend Tyson point of view. I yeah, look at that as like... I can't ask you for forgiveness a second time. Exactly. But to say I can't, which I assume that we're going to find song meanings and stuff where people are saying, I can't ask you to give what you already gave is asking God or asking Christ to die for his sins again. I could see that. But he doesn't need to die for his you sins know. a second time. He has unlimited uncapped forgiveness forever now because he already gave that sacrifice so you can ask christ for forgiveness again and it's automatic and there's you know you can beg you can be penitent but it's not like but you can't say i cannot ask you god to forgive me again i cannot ask you christ to forgive me again because yes you absolutely can you can but there's definitely times in your life when you feel like you can't there's definitely times when you're like, oh, I've seen, you've done I've done too much sin. Maybe you've or, done before. Yeah, maybe you've done something worse than you've done before. Maybe you've just messed up too many times. Maybe you've just been bad friend Tyson too many times, <laughs> right. and you need to ask God, whomever you're asking for, for forgiveness yet again. Uh-huh. And you're like, I can't ask for you to give the sacrifice that you have already given, which is giving me giving me that second chance. Right. And then the outro, which is cut out of the radio version, is I fought you for so long, I should have let you win. Oh, how we regret those things we do. And all I was trying to do was save my own skin. But so were you. So, I mean... That's the most secular line. Because... I fought you for... Well, to say I fought you for so long, I should have let you win. That can easily sound like you're talking about... I fought God's plan for me, or I yeah. fought God's direction for me. I tried to take too much control, and things kept going wrong. I should have just let God take... I should have let Jesus take the wheel. Yeah, but Jesus wasn't trying to save his own skin. Otherwise, he <laughs> right. probably wouldn't have chosen to die for our sins. Maybe he would have. Well, it's know, all... But... And all I was trying to do was save my own skin. Yeah, but it's so not... were you. But so, so were you, you. Which does give more... Yeah. Credence to the secular notion of it. Yeah. Which is interesting that they chose to cut it out. So I think just like Who I Am Hates Who I've Been, I think that this is absolutely leaning heavier and heavier to the side of this is from one person to another. But it's through the lens of like, a friend's a friend forever when the Lord's the Lord of them. You know what I mean? Like... (sighs) That's, that's ultimately what I came down to with Who I Am Hates Who I've Been. Whereas for half of the Who I Am episode, I was wrestling and struggling with thinking that this is either one or the other, or it's two parallel universes at the same time. And it, I, suddenly I broke through in my brain and I'm like, wait, it can be about human relationships through the lens of your relationship with the Lord. And but in we that know way, specifically who the song was written about. We know specifically that song is about a fight between Tyson and Brian. We don't know that this is specifically about anyone else. But I'm just saying that like who I am, hates who I've been, where I ultimately came to this decision where it is, I, it's about a relationship with a person tempered by his relationship with Christ seen through that lens. That's now how I'm seeing Be My Escape as we've gone through the whole song. I think it's about reaching out to a person to help you and also praying at the same time that that person will understand. And that's what's so great about art is that you can take from it whatever you want. Yeah. That's why I really appreciate 
artists like David Lynch, who just is like, no, I'm not going to tell you what it's about. Right. Like, just And they might be giants. They and do the same there thing. There you go. And they might be giants. Just let it be about what you want it to be about. Because the thing is, is that if you if you come out and say what it's about, and it's not what, you know, someone who, who maybe took that and held on to it and, you know, felt something from it, felt better for it. If it's not that thing, that's going to crush them. You know? So yeah. I like it being ambiguous just so much that's better. why we don't fight the lungies anymore <laughs> which we'll talk about in a future episode you, our next you've just collab- decided this is a thing our next collapsible <laughs> lung episode will be lost boy uh we don't know when exactly it'll be in the next couple of weeks and i i talked about this on twitter but anyone who sees you know deeper the deeper meaning concept in collapsible lung in whatever way. There's multiple ways it can be interpreted. But people who don't just see it as a collection of pop songs are now called Lungies, officially, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> I put this on the Reliant K Discord, and everyone Official talked about it. only through Sadie Hawkins. But, oh, you put it on Discord. I put it on the Reliant K Discord. Oh. And this is... I just want to make sure it's understood. We'll talk about this more next time we talk about collapsible lung. <laughs> but a lungie is not someone who just enjoys collapsible lung. Gotcha. That's not enough. Oh, okay. I enjoy collapsible lung, but I'm not a lungie. Because I don't ascribe to, you know, like the the the, the best the biggest lungy we know is Reliable J Josh. Right. Right. He's a he's a lungy because he loves he, uh, collapsible lung, and he believes in those concepts of it. But death of the author, it's whatever you want it to be. So, yep. Be my escape. This is how I interpret it now. A lot of people don't necessarily, excuse me, don't necessarily (laughs) interpret it that way. Um, And, you know, I've talked about this as well before, but on Twitter, as I stalk everyone who tweets about Reliant K, I have seen more than a handful of times that tweet where someone is like, I just learned Reliant K is a Christian band. Damn, I now I can't enjoy Be My Escape anymore. I I can't believe it's about God. And I'm like, well... When next time I see that tweet, I'm going to be like, listen to our episode. I don't think it's about God (laughs) exclusively. So we will take our break while Jessica takes some pictures of April. (laughs) Sorry. And we will be back with just a couple of YouTube clips that I found. She's laying so sweetly, like, with me. (laughs) She doesn't usually. She's usually off in the living room on her own on the couch when we record. So she's actually doing her engineer duties right now. Well, we'll be back with a few select deep dive and select YouTube clips and then all the rest of those you'll hear next week but we'll be back after this break if you enjoy sadie hawkins pod please rate and review us on apple Podcasts and interact with the show by calling our voicemail line 402-95-SADIE you can send an email to sadiehawkinspod at gmail.com and visit our instagram and twitter which are both at sadiehawkinspod you can also visit sadiehawkinspod.com for the link to our t public store for shirts mugs and stickers including two brand new designs Following in the history of all of Reliant K's logo parody merch, we have a Chick-fil-A parody design. And to prove to everyone that we are in fact the most punk rock podcast, we have a new Black Flag logo parody. You know, something that's original and that we could really call our own for once. We also want to thank our patrons over at patreon.com slash sadiehawkinspod. There's JR, Jarrett, Eric, Joel, Connor, Michael, Helen, Samantha, Roxanne, Jimmy Eat Pod, This Might Be a Podcast, Tucker, David, and Brady. 
You can sign up at our Patreon for bonus episodes, which include us reviewing the songs from Chaos for Karaoke and reading through the Complex Infrastructure book. Ooh. Treat yourself right in 2021 with Sadie Hawkins' pod, The Door to a Happy, Healthy Life. So you like Reliant K, do you? Well, what about They Might Be Giants? My name is Greg Simpson, and I host a They Might Be Giants fan podcast, and it's called This Might Be a Podcast. This Might Be a Podcast is a song-by-song podcast featuring a different guest every episode from normal fans like you and I, but also I've had guests such as John Darneal of the Mountain Goats, Justin McElroy of My Brother, My Brother and Me, Hutch Harris of the Thermals, Mike Park of Asian Man Records, Franz Nikolai of The Hold Steady, and Danny Weinkoff and Marty Beller of They Might Be Giants, and past drummers Dan Hickey and Brian Doherty. Search for Punk News, or This Might Be a Podcast, on any podcast platform and you will find us. This Might Be a Podcast, brought to you by PunkNews.org. So diving in, so diving, <laughs> it's not as easy as I always thought it looked. <laughs> yeah. So I got some deep dive stuff. Normally this is Jessica's segment. She'll go over all her deep dive stuff next week. But to help her out, I did some Googling in addition to my usual YouTube and, and SoundCloud and everything. Um, <laughs> Sorry. I found, April. yeah. Settle. Terrible engineer. We really should fire her. But she's got tenure. Can can engineers <laughs> have tenure? <laughs> sure. So why not? I can't wait anymore to tell you this. I just flat out gotta tell you the number one thing I found in my deep dive. This is when I kind of one of the things I kind of lost my mind about. Because I heard you. Yeah. You were doing your your research with your headphones in, and I heard Danny lose his mind, and I was like, do you want to tell me now, or do you want to wait? And he was like, I don't know. And I was like, then wait. So. (laughs) I'm so Uh excited to tell you this. So I guess when Stephanie Meyer (gasps) released New Moon. right now. Stop right now. There is an official <gasps> New Moon playlist. Of course there is. On Stephanie Meyer's website of like, these are the songs you should listen to when you read New Moon. I wonder if this like adds to the whole <laughs> like rumor of Relang K being Mormon. Because I don't know if Stephanie Meyer is or isn't, but there's oh, definitely right. a rumor out there that she is. So well, I'm like, she, I have questions. Then all these bands so. must be Mormon. Foo Fighters, Fat Boy Slim, Sugar Cult, Blue Shut up, October. Fat Boy Slim. Please tell me the Fat Boy Slim song on, on, the, on the New Moon playlist. Damn it, if that's not the worst <laughs> fucking book. <laughs> Your mama. I don't know that song. Oh, <laughs> I would like to if you were offended. It's like, hey, don't insult me. Just tell me the name of the song. <laughs> so on the Stephanie Meyer's New Moon playlist, she wrote, I assume this was written by Stephanie Meyer. It wrote, she wrote, note, this loosely follows the story sequence. I'm going to put a B-E or something after each uh, symbol after each song so you'll know whose perspective i'm yep this is written by stephanie meyer (laughs) i'm so so excited danny i i need to know so she's gonna put a b for bella and e for edward okay j for jacob 
After I, th- <gasps> I thought this was a symbol, but it's a okay. J in a weird font. Okay. After each song, so you'll know whose perspective <gasps> I'm hearing it from. That might help you categorize them into where they fit in the novel. I am so Mostly excited. Mostly Bella's, of course, since it's her telling the story. Sure, sure. Hundred so, pages of her just being <laughs> depressed and sitting in a chair as the months go by. Yep, yep. Let's keep going. So on this list, you've got "Do You Realize" by The Flaming Lips. That's sure. a Bella song. Paper Cut by Linkin Park. That's a Bella song. Hyper Music by Muse. That's a Bella song. Apocalypse Please by Muse. So far, That's I only knew song. the first song. Time Stand Still by All American Rejects. Also Bella. I'll tell you when it's not Bella from now on. <laughs> okay. Empty Room by Ma- Majori Fair. Unwell by Matchbox 20. Marjorie? Hey, maybe? Marjorie Fair? No? Marjorie, I don't care. <laughs> I don't. I don't know the artist, so I'm I don't just know guessing. either. That's the pain, pain by Jimmy Eat World, also Bella. Ride by The Vines. Fix You by Coldplay. Nice. That's a Jacob. Oh, okay. Fix You is a, is a Coldplay. Yeah, for Jacob. Jacob yeah, I'm sorry. Her. Fix You is a Jacob. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. I feel like we needed. If you had found this, we should have gotten at least a voicemail from Jimmy Pot or something. We should have. I guess they have little, found uh, it. We'll have yeah. to let them know. Blue side by Rooney. Back to Bella. More Bella. Over my head, cable car by The Fray. Going under by Evanescence. Oh no. Tattoo by Brand New. We should remove that Uh-oh. one. Be my escape by Reliant K. That's a Bella. There's like no sure. Edwards in this. There's two Edwards in this whole playlist yeah same with the book never let you down by the verve pipe that's a jacob so who is she begging to be her escape here is she begging god edward jacob her sudden feeling of recklessness to be her escape who is her escape i want to (laughs) know stephanie meyer hit us up at sadie hawkins spot at gmail.com i couldn't even finish it so the only Edward songs are Sound of Pulling Heaven Down by Blue October and Sing for Absolution by Muse. There is no explanation of what character Yo Mama by Fatboy Slim or DOA by the Foo Fighters is. Was that Jacob? Because I feel like we didn't go over a Jacob song it yet. Doesn't, it doesn't. I'm just telling you, it doesn't. Oh. There's been a couple. I told you there's a couple Jacob songs. Oh. Just Fix You by Coldplay. Oh, right. And Never Let You Down by the Verve Pipe. Sure. And those are the only Jacob songs. So that is Stephanie Meyer's New Moon playlist. And then she did an alternate playlist as well. I ain't going through this. <laughs> oh, Please Blink do. Oh, Blink-182's on here. <laughs> yes! We miss you. Is the, are these the secular songs? No way. We had secular bands. No, we had Fatboy Slim. Just like you said, uh, the world has turned and left me here. That's also a Bella song. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> okay, we're done with this. <laughs> the Reason by Hoobastank. That's, a, that's an Edward song. Nice. Um, yeah, I, that was great and amazing, that would be, and I was yeah. so happy I found it. Um, but there's one other thing I found that's amazing, <gasps> and we'll get to that in just a minute. Uh, while you, I thought you were going to make me wait a full week, so <laughs> no, I'm no, really excited. No, I'll play. I'm going to play all the uh, amazing stuff now. That's why Danny did is doing his deep dive in this episode before I do yes. mine, so he can because he had these things. He was like, I can't wait two weeks to to tell you about these. Exactly. 
So one other thing I found in my deep dive is the TikTok page. Yep. For this song with all of the song with all of the TikToks listed. So many. And that goes back to what you were mentioning before about the Relying K Mormon controversy that came up a f- couple months ago. It all stems from this one TikToker who I don't need to name again. We don't need to continue to drag her specifically. <laughs> but she did this TikTok that had like hundreds of th- tens of thousands. Who knows what it's up to now where it's her dressed as Ramona Flowers with like her midriff showing and she's got blue hair and she's just standing there to this song pointing at the TikTok text that she's playing on the video. And the TikTok text says, this is Reliant K. You might think they're evangelical, but they're actually Mormon. And then in the comments, people were like, what are you talking about? Where'd you learn this? And she's like, and she, in the comments, she was like a friend in the industry told me. And what we figured out is like Reliant K is from a Quake, basically from a Ohio community that's largely Quaker. Right. So the only working theory we have is that this TikToker's friend in the industry didn't know what the difference between a Quaker and a Mormon is. Right. So uh, of which none of the members, current or past, that we know were of, specifically were that. specifically they were yeah. just from a town, can't I guess Canton, but they were from a community specifically that was like Quaker. Right, and because, you know, by the time you get to, to here and, like, the touring members, you know, Schneck and Warren weren't were even from right. Ohio. So that so that's the soundtrack to this completely wrong, stupid TikTok that we don't, like I said, we don't need to drag her name through the mud anymore. But it's still there, and she eventually turned off the comments because me and other people, not just me, were just like, this is stupid. This, you can't, you just saying this because you just want to say it and it had like way more views than she had subscribers wow uh and maybe the like the community is like uh-uh. <laughs> no 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 maybe like you said it could have been because of uh stephanie meyer maybe that's where they maybe her friend in the industry <gasps> oh. was stephanie meyer <laughs> So I got a lot of uh, reviews and things. No, I don't want to be the new TikTok girl, Danny. I don't know 100% that Stephanie Meyer is Mormon, but I read it in an article once and it could be wrong. No, I, th- I, really I feel don't like know. I've heard that too. I feel like I've heard that too. Or Latter-day Saints or maybe something in that same sort of... No, I've definitely heard this as well. I don't know what it okay. is, but you're not far off okay. in thinking it's something along those lines. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you're right. She's pro- She might not be Mormon. I'm sorry, but it's something along those lines. Uh, I found three different of those like tempo sites, TuneBat, Song BPM, and Note Discover, and they all have a different BPM for this song. Oh no! One's like two hundred, and that's... another is one hundred and eighty, and another is like one hundred and seventy-nine. Yeah, that's why Dan. That's why I don't do that that section anymore. Because Daniel, you can see my socks called out like a very early song where I was like, "Oh, I don't know. I just went from the internet, and the internet doesn't know anything. It's it must be true. It's on Wikipedia." Yep. So we have a lot of live videos and we'll get to all of them next week. Like I said, we have uh, John Schneck sent us the TRL footage. We'll play that next week. We have the footage from them performing this on The Tonight Show with Jay Leno. We have the Apple Store in San Francisco that we haven't seen clips from in a long time. We have Cornerstone 2006. This is the last time we'll see footage from your Hard Rock Live show in 2005. Uh, This is on the live album. There is footage of Andrew McMahon 
from something yes, corporate. Yeah, I, I, came, yeah. I came across that I one too. I found that yeah. just on YouTube by itself. And then I also found like the, the absolute punk uh, news article about it. And it's funny because we hear stories all the time about, you know, Thiessen not being able to make certain shows and people taking over for vocals. Like we've heard John Foreman was supposedly saying for Reliant K on some nights of the Looking for America tour. Right. But that footage isn't out there anywhere. anywhere. So it's like all these times where Thiessen wasn't able to play that you hear about. And this is the first one this I've ever seen. Same. Is this Andrew McMahon yeah. playing, singing Be My Escape. Yeah, when we'll I came across that, that I got really well. excited. We have, um, we'll talk about the music video next week, but we have also footage from the making of the music video, of which only part one is on YouTube, and Schneck sent me part two. So that's really cool. Nice. Um, let's see what else. There's a whole bunch of live footage, lots of different versions of it. Sorry. as well. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I looked it up. Stephanie Meyer is Church uh, of Latter-day Saints. LDS, yeah. Church of okay. Latter-day Saints. I'm sorry. I laughed because it says the like it's the first thing when you when you google Stephanie Meyer religion that comes up and it says Mayor Meyer is a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, does not drink alcohol, drink coffee, smoke, or watch R-rated movies. And I was just, like, <laughs> thinking about, don't sm- drink, don't smoke, what do you do? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Write about sexy vampires that sparkle, that's what you do. So we have a lot of really fun and interesting covers, because this is obviously such a big song. Yeah. If you actually have, like, different sort of genre takes on the song and stuff and we'll do a bunch of those next week but i do want to give credit to this one this is by jane lay jane l-a-i and this is from the Bandcamp reliant k tribute album that just came out called k the only reliable letter a tribute to reliant k like oh, when cool. this came out People were tweeting about it, and they tweeted at us, and we retweeted them and stuff. But unfortunately, most of the songs on this tribute album, we've already done. Oh, no. <laughs> so we might do a deep dive specifically into this album yeah, later. Yeah, for sure. But the fact that there's one song available on here, I wanted to make sure that we're doing right now. I wanted to make sure we gave uh, some credit to this one. So here is this cover by Jane Lay. It's so dreamy and weird and lovely. Yeah. It's so, like, no one ever transforms Reliant K songs like this. So whenever I hear it, it's great to actually hear people transforming a Reliant K song so heavily. So I love that. This gives me some Kate Micucci vibes a little bit. Oh, yeah. With the vocals. Right. <laughs> I mean, she's more like, isn't she more like a, like, because she's a comedian as well. Yeah. So her music stuff is a little bit more twee. 
But you've got right? the you've got the she she's in the Steven but her, Universe. Yeah, she I does know. Sadie. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like the <laughs> musically, it's not something I think of as Kate McCucci, but yeah, this Jane Vocally, Lay's yeah. vocals remind me of that yeah. for sure. Uh, one more cover, and then we have one sort of fan video to play. <gasps> this cover, I definitely want to play. Um, oh my gosh, there's a parody. We're not playing this right now, but there's a parody about going to the bathroom. What? And we'll... Oh, <laughs> That's oh, a tease wow. for next week. Wow. <laughs> oh, how can you tease that? So this is, um, this is Tommy... This is not that. This is Tommy Chipperini. And this is basically like a mumble rap, like an emo rap type thing. Okay. Yeah, sort of. This is sort of a... This is sort of funny because this is from nine years ago and this is before like emo rap hit the mainstream so i guess emo rap was still like brewing at least nine years ago i wasn't really familiar with emo rap pretty much until like the last couple years of listening to podcasts about pop punk music um but like i said oh this is uh, this is uploaded by the button up gang is this like mgk uh i don't know you tell me (laughs) we'll play it (laughs) But basically, this person. I read the emo rap thing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> okay, exactly. Okay, like cool. a punk and emo inspired rap is like a thing now because I yeah. guess it was brewing online for years. Sure. And this is one I found from nine years ago where this person basically took "Be My Escape" and they wrote a remix to Reliant K's "Be My Escape." Whoa. I know I'm not a rock star. I'm a rapper. I just did this for shits and giggles, haters, <laughs> and then a tongue out face. Nice. So here it is. Yeah. Button up, rock style, bitch. <laughs> yeah, it's time, you motherfucker. Get it fucked up. Got my own shit too. Go <laughs> hard. Do my thing. Yeah. Hey you, staring at the blank wall. See your face every time that you call. And I gotta say, this feeling could push me away So wrap your arms around me Never leave me broken like you found me Cause time and time again I've been stuck in this awkward place I know this game is there <laughs> It's like a remix, it's like a rap and This is not like MGK no, whatever. That no, he's just a rapper who did a pop punk album. I'm talking about actual emo pop punk inspired rap, which is a wow. thing over the last decade. So like, I'm sorry, they just took well, the song well, and rapped over you it with listened. new lyrics. This is like what would you what you would call yes. what like a vocal cover, but they change it. <laughs> I guess so. I'm so confused. No, this is a whole new genre. For, you don't care for MGK's earlier albums right all you know is his new album which is a flat out just pop punk album yeah with some random hip-hop like beats thrown in tickets to my downfall is so good but but this is emo rap i guess i don't know and now i'm confused because you're asking me so many questions (laughs) that i am not prepared to answer i'm sorry but here you've got a reliant k song and the guy just like processed out the vocals and he's putting his own rap lyrics on top that he's kind of singing sort of in a melodic cadence that fits the song so that's emo rap it's taking existing material and making your own lyrics i'm sure you can take existing material or you could take new material i'm sure it can be whatever you want i I, it sounds like you're interested in becoming an emo rapper absolutely you got so many questions (laughs) for me that i am not prepared to answer I'm going to say it's hopeless now Coming from the same girl Who wanted nothing but 
to break me down I used to see you smile whenever I wake up But it's impossible to cover get with makeup Yeah! Cause I can't get over you Thought I could but now I can't So come with me girl hand in hand just because, well, it's supposed to not, he said he's not a singer, he's just a rapper, and did this for fun. And you're being a hater, Jessica, sitting there across from me shaking your head. I'm sorry. Well, in just a moment, uh, we didn't mention it yet, but we have a guest this week, and it's Colin K. Bass. He works with Nerdbot Studios. He's uh, an actor, and kind of, he'll explain himself. <laughs> but we've met moment. him online because he's been following us, and we've been talking and stuff, and he was interested in coming on the podcast. So uh, be- right before we get to him, last thing that we're playing this week is what I actually lost my mind to. Okay. So when you heard me going, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, yeah, that wasn't the Stephanie Meyer thing. That was something I found later because I almost spilled the beans. So I was like, let me pretend it's the Stephanie Meyer thing now and drop the actual thing on you right Mm. now. This is uploaded by Becca Brown four years ago. It only has 90 views. And this is at the Prospect Theater on January 31st, 2017. This, I guess, acting troupe put on the... A Walk to Remember musical, <gasps> of which Be My Escape is one of the songs. So I guess it's like a jukebox musical that these people must have put on in an oh, and I assume it's an unofficial capacity, unless a book out there exists. I don't think there's an official book for a Walk to Remember musical. And this isn't like fully staged or something. It's just like they're performing it like a radio play at, at a little podiums. Peak, Reliant K walk to remember young teen jessica is freaking out right now where was this back then where was this 10 12 years ago when it would have blown your mind where was the walk to remember stage musical then <laughs> it, was, it was a little close to like to like 15 plus <laughs> all right whatever So I guess they're doing stage direction. So this isn't like a fully staged musical. Okay, this is I was like, really confused. This is like, like which a, characters are these? What would you call this? Like not a tech run, but this is almost like a table read like tech run. Like a rehearsal? Run. Like a rehearsal, but they're standing. They're at podiums. Yeah, they're, that's a they're rehearsal. They're lightly acting and lightly turning to each other. Rehearsal. But I think this is how it was performed. This is how. Look, look at the look at the video. Oh, they're all I standing see. at podiums. Okay. They are not going around and acting out a scene like it's a play, like gotcha. they're in the real space. I got you. It's more like a radio play. Gotcha. And you're hearing someone uh, announce the stage directions. How do you this think these already two... feels so insensitive <laughs> to the subject matter. They're literally talking about her list right now that she wants to achieve before she dies of of cancer. Spoiler right. warning for Walk to Remember. 
I feel like anyone who listens to Reliant K podcast should have seen Walk to Remember at this point. How do you think these two so compare true. to Mandy Moore and uh, Jerky McJerk? What's the guy's <laughs> name from the original movie? Shane West. Oh, yeah, him. <laughs> so how do you think these two, their stage presence compares? She kind of looks like a man. I was going to say she does. She's doing the sweater acting with the like very like she's got this oversized sort of sort of. But this guy is about as old as Shane West is now. (laughs) I love the Broadway. I love the Broadway take on the music. Oh, oh, we just zoomed out to show the whole cast. Because I guess they were singing back up. I have a lot of questions. I'm very (laughs) confused. What what does this have to do with what's first on her list? <laughs> I, not, I didn't think it was gonna own. That's classic, like classic stage performance. We all then. love dying from cancer over here. Like, <laughs> what the fuck is this? It's the walk to remember. It's a music. It should be called a musical to remember. I'm so mad because musical. this is some I would have done <sighs> in high school. Like I would have written this. I'm so embarrassed and upset for everyone. You're really involved. just you're just you're just jealous that you didn't get to it first. It's true. <laughs> well, that's a walk to remember. Oh, I thought you were gonna play the whole thing. Do you wanna hear the whole thing or should we just get to our guest? <laughs> Who God forbid may be a part of the original musical because he <gasps> is an actor. Oh no. Was he Landon? Was he Landon? <laughs> I have questions. What we should do is we should put on the walk to remember musical again and we'll have our guest colin bass oh my gosh as the shane was everyone's just gonna like it's gonna be a grease thing where no one's actually high school age for years i would not let danny watch walk to remember because i was so afraid he was gonna ruin it for me because danny has a tendency to take things that i really love and then just ruin them and be like tear them apart and be like this is awful and terrible why you should not like it and so we finally watched it about five years ago I was and so i scared. promised no jokes like i did have a joke like one every 20 minutes that didn't like i'd only say to him if i knew it wasn't tearing the movie down but as the movie was going on jessica's like oh no oh no this isn't holding up Oh, this is like this is like never meet your idols. Like, n- do not go back and watch things that you loved as a teenager unless it's Donnie Darko because that still holds up. Right. So, thanks. Check you out next week. On to our guest. Thank you. I gotta get out of here, and I'm begging you, I'm begging you, I'm begging you to be. So we're joined by Colin K. Ba- uh, you know what? I just realized I'm not sure how to pronounce your last name. Is it Bass or, or Bass? It's Bass, like the fish. Bass. Okay. So Colin K. Bass, you reached out to us. Actually, let me tell you real quick. When I first noticed you were following us, you were on, you started liking some of our stuff on Instagram. And you're the first like 
blue check verified account to ever follow us. <laughs> so I'm like, who is this? And I look and I'm like, I'm like, and I, I wasn't familiar with you. So I'm like, you know, I saw how many followers you had and you had a blue check. And like, because of that, like it, it puts your notifications sort of up towards the top. Right. And I'm like, who is this following us? And then you reached out to us and you're like, Hey, I love that you're doing a Ryan K podcast. And I'm like, hi. <laughs> so I was like excited to, to, you know, that we're, you know, reaching different people and everything. So um, that, yeah. Uh, thanks for reaching out. Thanks for telling us you were interested in being on the podcast. Oh, my pleasure. Yeah. I chimed in. I mean, I loved you guys posts anyways, but the first one I listened to was uh, Savannah, the Savannah oh, podcast yeah. you guys mm -hmm. did. And that was mine and my ex's song. That was like our, you know, love song. And I was always curious what it meant. And I also, I mean, I have no ill feelings. We broke up like over a year ago, but I was really interested to hear how you guys dove into it. And so I was listening to it and you guys were making me laugh right in the beginning. So I knew we'd get along. And then I really enjoyed your guys' breakdowns. And then uh, again, if if any of my current partners are listening during this, I'm fine, I'm over my ex. But I thought it was just really interesting how you guys broke down the music, the words, everything, what it meant. So I sent my ex the link because I thought it was interesting. That's it, I'm not trying to rekindle any romance or anything. And uh, she just left me on red. So I hope she listened. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's funny. But yeah, well, and after, after that, I just, uh, I hit you guys up and you guys let me pick the song and I'm really excited. I was looking forward to this for weeks. Yeah. Um, so tell us uh, some about yourself. We were talking before the show and I started to get interested in what you were telling me you do and everything. So I wanted to make sure everyone hears about it. Yeah. So I'm like five years into Star Wars product development, but then COVID shut our building down and uh, my future is pretty unclear. So I started diving into a lot of writing, acting and social media marketing for this company called NerdBot up in LA. That's where I am now. I'm in their studio. And uh, I've just been, that's, that's my passion. And I was doing that and the day job over at Ruby's Costume Company for like five years. And then I started uh, not being very good at my day job because I cared more about <laughs> filmmaking. So now I'm full-fledged filmmaking until I find out what I'm going to do once everything's open again. And yeah, it's a lot of superhero stuff, uh, virtual cons, interviews, lots of things in the nerdy realm. So, and I've been a nerd my whole life and I, I just am diving really hard into, into the filmmaking aspect of my life. And I'm up here filming for like three days right now. Uh, yeah, I watched some of your... Um some like zero and first episodes of some of the different sort of, I, I don't know if it is fan film, the correct term, or is it yeah. like tribute film? I wouldn't want to, what's the, no, no, <laughs> I'd say fan films, correct. Okay. And then because we were able to get good enough stats with fan film, we did our first original series called Solaris evolution. Okay. And uh, that's like my first real big step into something I created. I actually came up with the idea of Solaris in like middle school and I pitched it to Nerdbot. And the NerdBot picked it up and funded it. So we're on episode two of that right now. Oh, great. Okay. Oh, wow, that's awesome. There's been, there's so much like fan film stuff out there. Yeah. And, and we've been, and we've seen like, we went to a wonder, we went to WonderCon one year and there was a whole like studio there that was like, that specifically did like DC fan films. Bat and in the Sun? Had, was it? Bat in the Sun? Maybe. I don't remember. I did look it up and I've already forgotten their name. <laughs> but there's so many different studios out there that are like, you know, they start by making fan films and then they eventually start making their own original content and stuff. And yeah. it seems like such a common, it seems like such a popular way to go now. You build your audience with that sort of like, uh, you know, getting people who are interested in like The Flash or I saw you guys did a 
Power Rangers thing and everything. So it's a, it's an interesting way to go. And Jessica has worked with like they she worked with some friends who were like in sort of a smaller niche studio and they did like YouTube shows and things like that. Oh, cool. So yeah. yeah, if you ever watch, see, there's a YouTube show called Last Life. Last Life. <laughs> and we're in the seat where she worked on most of it. It's like a it's like a supernatural thriller type show. It's like a type of thing you'd see on a CW. Oh, it's, it's like yeah, it's like original. Um, characters and stuff that in the idea of like this is something you'd see vampire diaries yeah vampire diaries yeah (laughs) and i appear in the in this series we both appear in the series finale as like nameless uh (laughs) supernatural people yeah like yeah vampire-esque people that we're not vampires but we're like pushing we're like witches yeah we're like witches (laughs) using i was they were like we need you to because they didn't have enough people they're like we need you to be one of the people in the big final fight which has only involved like 10 people yeah it was supposed to be the big final fight and i'm like using telekinetic powers like i've never done anything like this did it feel cool (laughs) it did yeah Yeah. (laughs) we had to get like a big coat for me so it would kind of look like i was had been around for a long time yeah that's awesome yeah so you love relying k Yes, like you I do. Reached out to us about this, and um, we picked be, you picked be my escape. It's so funny because the same week that we were talking, and I sent you the spreadsheet, you picked two songs that had I. We barely ever have guests on this show. It's actually <laughs> like we kind of reached the halfway point. We realized we've done half of the list of songs that we have. So, like in this next portion of the show, we're going to start reaching out to more people and having them on the show. Cool. But uh, we have never really had guests, and then all of a sudden. We had a bunch of guests and the two songs you first picked, we had people planned for. And I was like, oh, <laughs> so I was like, let me see how to make this work. And then you said you want to be on Be My Escape. And I'm like, oh, OK, well, no one has Be My Escape yet. So that worked out perfectly. Yeah, I figure uh, when I post about it, it'll kind of remind people of the one that, you know, went pretty mainstream for Reliant K. I've, I've yeah. listened to them since I want to say like middle school. So way before mm-hmm, or anything, but Be My Escape will be the one where it's like, oh, I do know this song. And <laughs> yeah. hopefully we can raise some hype for Reliant K, get, the, get them back in the studio. Yeah, I know. Yeah, everyone's waiting for that. That's, we get questions about it all the time. Like people are like, do you know if Reliant K is still around? And like the answer is like, Yes, but COVID and like they, you know, they're just kind of like they were kind of on an unannounced hiatus anyway. And like they were probably getting back to be ready to work on something again before COVID hit. So they'll be back anytime. It's just it's just everything got slowed down because of what happened with the world. Yeah, hopefully they hop into a tour once things open up again. I'm, yeah. I'm seeing, do you guys like May? M-A-E? Yes. Yeah. 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 We're, I'm seeing them in September with Juliana Theory. Oh, nice. I'm just hoping it sparks everyone going, yeah, let's get back to touring. <laughs> all, all my pop punk music can come back and I can have a real busy end of the year going to see them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, so you like, so already all of these band references are pretty much directly in our sphere. So, uh, <laughs> so like, where did you come up or where did you grow up and uh, how did you get into, you know, this general type of music? Uh, born and raised in San Diego, California. And um, I, I think we briefly talked about this, but I, uh, there was just one year in my life where my mom went like full on religious and took away all of our video games and toys and CDs. And like, it was, it was a really messed up uh, day where I came home and all my superheroes were gone. I'm like, what is Mm. happening? And then um, we were only allowed to like watch uh, and listen to and play with Christian stuff. 
And uh, I was just a little kid, so I didn't know any better. And I was just kind of like leaning into it. My, my big brother was always rebelling. Like, why do we have to do this? Why do we have to do this? And then I remember we went to, uh, God, I think it was called Chronicles. It was some Christian store. And that's where I learned about VeggieTales and Switchfoot and Reliant K. And uh, as, you know, I grew up and, you know, my mom got more relaxed and I got my superheroes back. I still really enjoyed Reliant K. I still really enjoyed Switchfoot. And I found out that some bands that I just happened to listen to, like May started out, or Rocket Summer and stuff started out as Christian and they changed their, their label later on. And, but Reliant K was the one where I always checked in every album uh, and they just stuck with me. And I, um, my, my ex that I, I'm going to bring up my ex lock. <laughs> okay. Uh, but my ex and I, we always cooked breakfast listening to Forget and Not Slow Down. It was our favorite album. And with obviously with Savannah on it. And then I went and saw uh, Switchfoot and Reliant K live at, uh, I think somewhere in LA. And it just mm-hmm. blew my mind. And then I went and saw May with my ex and uh, Matthew pops up out of nowhere and does an acoustic set. And we were just like, this is destiny. This is our band. You know, this is our guy. And uh, I've always, I've, I've way too many Reliant K songs on my liked playlist. And I've only seen them, well, like one and a half times, but that kind of music, kind of the uplifting pop punk has always stuck with me. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm a big fan of emo and hip hop and everything, but I kind of accidentally find out that these bands are religious because they're not singing about you know the death and gloomy days they're more like hey everything's gonna be all right and that's kind of my style you know right (laughs) was that was that switchfoot reliant k show you went to was that at the palladium in hollywood i think so it was it was a while ago i can't remember but it was was in like 2016 or something right yeah yeah that's yeah because we were at that same show yeah oh man when they did deathbed deathbed was so cool to see live with both of them whoo yeah, it's great. Jessica's not a big fan of Deathbed. <laughs> That's the big thing. If you only listen to a couple episodes, like it's too trigger. It's kind of triggering for her. It's, it's, yeah. it's no. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you guys might not like this, but I didn't like Air for Free. Oh, okay. Yeah. So That's are we okay. still friends? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jessica loves Where do you it. stand yeah. on Collapsible Lung, though? Uh, I th- I briefly talked about it. I think it's kind of a messy album, but the collapsible collapsible lung actual song I love. I right. love that. Oh that yeah, that was song. one. Yeah, that was one of the songs that you were almost on yeah. for the show. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. The, the whole other album, I was like, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> Part part time lover. I'm like, who is this? <laughs> yeah, uh, don't blink. I also enjoyed. So kind of the beginning and yeah. the end was basically it for me. Yeah. What about this song specifically, Be My Escape? Do you have any thoughts on it or is there any uh, memories or specific thoughts that you have about the lyrics or the music or yeah. anything? Yeah, um, I mean, I remember the music video very vividly, but I was still, uh, I think the only Reliant KCD I actually had was Two Lefts Don't Make a Right, but Three Do. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of was stuck in like, you know, Reliant K is kind of silly. They don't really take themselves very seriously, you know, like... Um, I love the eighties and mood rings and stuff. I just thought they were just kind of a funnier band. Mm -hmm. And then my buddy Calvin, I was, I must've been in ninth grade or something. My buddy Calvin shows me, uh, be my escape. And then he shows me, "Mm -hmm." and I go, this is so much better. I love like every (laughs) song on this album. And then I remember they, uh, I heard about them and I go, Oh, it's a, you know, it's a Christian band. I'm I'm never going to see them pop up on MTV or something, but that was like the big phase of like emo and pop punk and everything like fallout boy. 
all these songs kind of the same genre were popular and I could actually listen to the radio. I'm like, now <laughs> I don't right. like what's yeah. on the radio. <laughs> and so I'm at Calvin's house and we see uh, Lion K and Be My Escape pop up on his TV. And we were just like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> so uh, it was a bit, and then then I remember I burned the mm-hmm CD and uh, listened to it until it was like scratched and dead. But I, I think I... I have like really good memories of that whole entire album, but you know, Be My Escape was the one that kind of was so good. It branched out into the more secular world, just like meant to live with Switchfoot, you know, mm-hmm. it was so good off of Beautiful Letdown that it won over people. And then uh, we talked about this briefly in the DMs where like a lot of people that don't really listen to lyrics think it's probably about a guy, about a girl, and the girl is his escape. Right. Anything like that. We, we know that's not the case, but right. I'm sure that that was why it was able to branch out because everyone's like, yeah, girl, be my escape. <laughs> right. Yeah, there was definitely this time where I th- there's a lot of stuff going on, but it's like there's a time before where if you were a Christian band that somehow broke out in the mainstream, it's because you very specifically had like a song that wasn't Christian. You know what right. I mean? Like yeah. it was like Amy Grant in the eighties with uh, her, she had a couple of radio hits that were like very specifically not Christian. And then right. like, you know, six pence on the richer or like jars of clay suddenly yeah. being on the radio. And it's like <laughs> totally. the one, you know, and, and they weren't like changing who they were. They just suddenly had a song that wasn't like, it, it could be marketed in a certain way. But then there's this thing, there, there was this parallel universe uh, where it was like, you know, there's punk and mm-hmm. emo and hardcore and metalcore and there's all of these christian kids from around the world for like the previous 10 15 years who are starting these bands and they're mm-hmm. starting them in churches and stuff and then they get out on the road and then they're just like meshing in with regular rock scenes you know what i mean so yeah. by the time a band like reliant k and other like christian metalcore bands are all over uh warp tour it's like all of these christian bands have suddenly taken over like the actual emo and metalcore and pop punk scene but they didn't do it like i don't think they did it like deceptively like let's take yeah. over the whole scene it's just like they were all these christian bands that kind of came up and started playing regular tours and stuff and they had just they had like a positivity and everything yes. and they had lyrics like be my escape where it's like it could be about a girl or it could be about god but it's not like they were masking anything it's just that that was a natural lyric because it's some of these bands probably were singing about both mm-hmm. that's kind of the thing i go back to you sometimes is like there are some songs by reliant k that are very obviously about god and then other songs that are not what you know and other songs that are very obviously about a girl right because if there's certain references in like uh, the one i'm waiting for where it's like this can't be about god he's very clearly singing about a girl right but then there's a song like this where it's like a perfect middle ground and it's like you can't exactly tell the difference so maybe you know it's kind of like a death of the author thing it can kind of be about whatever fits and works best for you yeah i noticed uh uh just even through this conversation there's that line in be my escape where it's like but the beauty of grace is that it makes life not fair right i remember switchfoot when they went pretty mainstream and they're playing at the dalmar fair every summer Uh, do you guys remember those days i miss those days what is that uh switchfoot playing at the dalmar fair oh yeah like the summer concert Oh, you know, we've only been in SoCal for like seven years. So that must oh, okay. be, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, they used to, every, I, I've seen Switchfoot every year since like 04. And then they started getting too big or taking breaks and stuff. Right. But they used to always go to Delmar Fair. And then they were really popular that summer of a beautiful letdown. 
and they would they would not say God, they would say grace, and it would make everyone more comfortable or something. You know? Okay, like, yeah. <laughs> it's like he's like, I just want to thank Grace. Uh, we, we have something in our life. It's it's called grace, you know. <laughs> right. Ryan K. Does you know? It's not like the beauty of God is that it makes they they use the word grace to kind of make everyone more comfortable. Right. And for the people that aren't digging into lyrics like us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, beauty of grace, because grace doesn't have to mean religion or anything. It could be about a girl still. Right. And it could actually be a girl's name. Yeah. <laughs> My ex-girlfriend, Grace. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Just to go back for a second with your mom taking away uh, everything that's like not Christian and stuff like right. that. I didn't have a moment that was as specifically uh harsh is that but there was a moment in my life where uh my mom was tired of me listening I would listen to like Nirvana when I was a kid and stuff Mm -hmm. and uh you know Smashing Pumpkins or like grunge bands and my mom was like worried a little bit for my soul like we didn't have the most Christian household but she's a little (laughs) or she's worried about the influence of that music and stuff and she didn't specifically take it away from me but she was like she took me to the christian bookstore once and she's like there's music here that sounds exactly like the music you like so go ahead talk to the lady at the counter and find the bands you like and you know they had those charts i don't know if you ever seen oh yeah there's the wow cds and stuff wow that's what i call music (laughs) yeah but there were also these like pamphlets that were like a grid and it's like if you like this band you will like this band you know it's like if you like blink 182 you will like mxpx or you will like reliant k Mm -hmm. you know what i mean so i i used like that kind of chart and that's how i learned about mxpx and i was eventually like just being at that christian bookstore a couple years later i learned i just saw reliant k sitting on the shelf Mm-hmm. and I like just picked it up I'm like this looks like my kind of band this is their first album where they're like you know running on the track and field oh wow yeah I've been I'm old I think I, it sounds like I'm older than you <laughs> uh, I'm 30 oh, okay I'm- yeah yeah so I'm about 10 years older than you I'm almost I'm turning 40 pretty soon well you look <laughs> great <laughs> thank you <laughs> I know we're closer in age. Yeah. I'm younger than him. <laughs> and this is, the, this is another thing is like, it comes up a lot just doing this show and meeting more uh, people who are into Reliant K and the whole, and getting plugged in with the whole Reliant K community online is that mm-hmm. there's this like broad swath of, of like people and generations of people that have gotten into the bands. And so, so many people are younger than us mm-hmm. <laughs> and people even getting into them now in their teens. And it's, it's like, we, you know, sometimes it used to like hurt our hearts when people would be like, yeah, I, I listened to air for free when I was in middle school or something. No. We're like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> have, have you guys uh, like gotten the attention of anyone from Reliant K with this podcast? Like, Yes. Yeah, we had uh, John Schneck. Mm -hmm. He uh, has we he was on our show. He was he he sings lead on one song. It's called Be Your Man. Mm-hmm. So we had, which he wrote, which he wrote, he yeah. wrote that song from the bird and the B-sides. Yeah. You know, the bird and the B-sides uh, album. I love the bird and the B-sides. Yeah. yeah. You know, that track where the country is track that sort of separates the new songs from the B-sides section of I, the album. I think I skip it, but I do. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it ends with like them all doing B voices and they're like, buzz, 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 and they're like, oh, we'll put the next part of the record on. That song is written by John Schneck. It's the only song he wrote and sang. And we had him on that episode. And oh, he's yeah, awesome. he's super personable and like easy to talk to. And sometimes we have questions like deep cut questions. Although you know he was only in the band, he was in the band for a long time, but he's in the band for a certain section. Like pretty much, he wasn't on mm-hmm, the recording, but he start joined on the tour for that album oh, up cool. through Collapsible Lung. So if I have a question for anything in that time frame 
then he can usually answer it. Yeah. And I know, like, I know, uh, I'm pretty sure Matt Hoops, who's also pretty online, knows, he must know we exist, Mm -hmm. but I've never seen any proof, I've never seen any interaction or anything, and I'm okay with that, because we talked about this on a really recent episode, but I'm like, if you're, like, the main, one of the main creative forces of a band, and there's, like, a fan podcast about you, unless you're, like, a huge band, and there's, like, 20 fan podcasts about you, um, like, you might not want to necessarily retweet like anything because then it might kind of canonize our opinions to people Uh, or it might even if they don't intend it that way it might it might other people looking online might be like oh well relying k the official twitter page liked this so this must be the official place to go for opinions about relying k and then if we say anything (laughs) they don't agree with (laughs) that's a good point yeah (laughs) I wish Reliant K had more merch. I saw your guys' store and I was like, man, I, I wish oh, yeah. there was more like this. I, you know, uh, uh, Sadie Hawkins, you, the Reliant K fans will automatically think of the song over the dance, right? Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I heard the phrase first from Reliant K then before I learned what it really was. Yeah. <laughs> and and then I'm like on Reliant K's page because I was like, man, I should support Reliant K. What do they got? And they have like one shirt and I think it's only comes in a few sizes. Oh, right. I, I wish they had more swag that I could rock, you know? I think they've been like slowly emptying out from following up the Air for Free tour with Switchfoot. They had a bunch of merch, like I think four years ago, like after that tour, they had more stuff. And oh, okay. it's, as it's selling out, they're just not replacing it right now. So hopefully when they come, when they really come back, they'll start having more. Like right when we started this podcast, they had a few hats left, uh-huh. like, like beanie hats with the Air for Free three dots on it. And we got one and then eventually those were gone too. Yeah. I see you guys have a sticker in the back from Lion K. Do you have a story? Oh, yeah. yeah. Is that a concert? or That one is, I got that as part of some sort of promotion from the five score era, I think. Or oh, wow. Maybe, like, maybe it came from Bird and the B-Sides. I'm not really well, sure. Well, that's the Bird and the B-Side bird. So. Yeah. yeah. And then I have another one over here. And that one came with, it either came with the first three gears album that I have, or I got it at a show in like 2005. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's so cool. Yeah. I wish I would. Uh, there's so many times I was like at shows and stuff that I took for granted all this cool stuff that we'll probably never see again. Right. Yeah. I mean, Witchfoot does re-releases of like, you know, their old albums on shirts and stuff, but it's just not the same. I had this, um, I had the Switchfoot shirt. It was my favorite shirt. I probably wore it until it was had holes in it. But it was the album cover of Nothing Is Sound, but it was just like the silhouette of it. So it didn't. It, didn't, it wasn't just like a big square on your shirt. It was like really designed and intricate with the rising sun and the words and everything. It was the best shirt, and <laughs> I'll probably never ever see it again. <laughs> yeah. Just like just like those stickers. I, I I wish I would have stocked up on different at different shows. You have to check eBay. Yeah. eBay's oh, okay. got great stuff because I had this Reliant K shirt that I absolutely loved that I got at that, the first show that I ever went to of theirs, which was in 2005. Oh, wow. And it, like, I wore it so much. It wore out, like, it was, like, really, like, grungy. And so I didn't want to wear it anymore. And so I found another one in pristine condition yes. on eBay and, like, rebought like two it. two years like, ago. Like, two years ago. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Great. Okay. I'll, I'll hop on there. Yeah. yeah. 
I want to wrap some bands. Yeah. And if there's nothing there now, then definitely make some save searches and stuff and figure For sure. out. Um, so are there any other songs that you're like a big fan of? I know you told us basically your history with the band, but aside from Be My Escape, like, do you like a Sadie Hawkins dance or do you like, do you, do you, do you lean more towards the, that middle era or do you like the early stuff? You already said you don't like Air For Free. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I think I lean more to mm-hmm, Five Scores uh, and um, yeah, but Forget Not Slow Down is my favorite one. So yeah. those, those three would probably be my top three, but uh, oh, and the, I'm sorry, the, the B-sides was, was amazing too. There's so many I just like, I'm still searching through. Uh, I love, uh, I guess we've made it this far is one of my favorites off right. there. Yeah. Uh, but no, those, those three albums, I had um, a really crappy car and the only CD that worked in it was uh, five scores. And so I knew every, every song. It's funny. Cause I think each album of Reliant K, I kind of in my brain has associated it with a girl. So it's <laughs> really like teen angsty. For me <laughs> like uh I'm blanking on it, but it's like, we should get jerseys because we make a good team. That one? What's that one called? Yeah. Uh, what's that one called? Uh, must have yeah. done something must right. Have done something right. <laughs> yes, yes. So that one, I was dating this uh, older girl that was like way out of my league. And I like made it our song because I thought that she was way out of my league. But now when I hear it, I like cringe. I'm like, oh, that was a horrible. <laughs> <laughs> but so Ryan K, I'm always associated with like different relationships in my life, even friendships and stuff. But those three albums, especially, because that was like the big era of pop punk where it was pretty mainstream and I could throw that on. But now when I'm like, you know, hanging out with friends or at a party or something, I can't throw on, you know, Ryan K or Jack's Mannequin or, uh, motion city soundtrack or anything like that because they'd be like what is this you know <laughs> let's put on something up but back then i could i would just drive around in my awful car and blast my reliant k or whatever other music i was listening to at the time with no 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 shame and uh, those albums i just kind of like each album reminds me of a different girl or friend or time in my life but especially those three and then I keep checking back whenever Reliant K was releasing new music they they did that uh Valentine's Day EP right mm -hmm. the, yeah. the real quick one and I hear that intro and I'm like they're rocking out again yes, yes <laughs> that's I like to hear. so I'm, I'm hope I mean Air for Free was very very different and I get that you know bands go through different phases but I just kind of miss the the harder pop punk version of Reliant K yeah, and I'm just hoping they at least touch base on that for a few songs on whatever the next album is. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, if you love if you love the song Savannah, then check out our episode on Sleepin' from oh, okay. Air for Free because we discovered that it's basically like a pseudo sequel or like a spiritual sequel really? to that song. Yeah, there's like actually like there's there's musical phrasing that it borrows from, even though it's kind of not obvious. It's like done in a certain way. And you we know? found a great. Uh, on our YouTube deep dive, we found a really great person who did like a cover where they did like mashed it up they live it up on guitar. Live. Oh yeah, my gosh. And it was really good. I would love to hear that. That sounds yeah. great. Yeah, I mean, it's a totally different kind of song sonically. You know what I mean? Like Savannah's right. very wistful and dreamy, and Sleeping is more poppy and sort of like modern. But yeah, there is a connection there. I love the deep dives you guys do on like covers and music videos and stuff. You, yeah. you have to imagine these kids filming on camcorders and, right. yeah. cans and everything. <laughs> oh my gosh. I still remember like AMV videos where it'd be like anime and then Reliant K would be playing over it. And I would see all, cause you know, we're 
obviously years behind whatever they're playing in Japan. So it's like Reliant K music that we know and love. And then there's scenes from like three seasons of Naruto. Right. <laughs> I'm like, what is happening in that show? Yeah. I, I was actually thinking about asking you that. Like, did, cause you do all the sort of nerdy superhero stuff. That's what a lot of your work right now is about. Does this music ever feel like it kind of, elevates that in your mind or is there any connection to it for you because like there is so much stuff online and I was wondering maybe in your childhood since when maybe after you know maybe after your mom took away your superheroes and stuff <laughs> did you did you ever have like a connection there did you ever make an AM did you ever make a tribute video to like a, a, a superhero show or did you ever do anything like that I so I'm at the I call it the nerdbot house but it's basically this house that has like a, a studio a uh, salon, an office. It's like a whole like multimedia house. Mm-hmm. And, uh, there's an office here and I lock myself up. I grab a few white claws and I listen to music <laughs> while I write. So it's kind of like my writing thing. And uh, I'll just, I'll, I'll throw on um, these, these guys never really went anywhere, but it's called the graduate. It's kind of this style of music. And I throw that on, but yeah, I, I always put on some type of this genre of of music helps me write my scripts because I do all the writing for our scripts and different idea pitches. But that is how music plays into it. I'm not really in charge of uh, picking the music for the edits or anything, mm-hmm. but um, to, <laughs> I never did like an AMV video, <laughs> yeah. but I do remember in high school, Calvin, my friend, I told you about that showed me Be My Escape. He and I went on this. It's just such a stupid high school thing, but bear with me, okay? okay? We like we couldn't drive. We had like some skateboards, and we went around Encinitas, which is like this like beach town down in San Diego, and we just went to different stores and took pictures and did s- stupid stuff on camera. And then we made like a slideshow of our adventure. It was just like two kids running around the city. It was stupid, super, nice. super yeah. dumb. But uh, I remember we put some Reliant K music on there, but we never wanted anyone to see it because we just did it for fun. Okay. <laughs> that was the yeah. closest. But we we were really into like Naruto and anime, but you know, Cartoon Network was just releasing one episode a week. Right. And then so that's when we dove into AMVs and saw way, way too much stuff that we've never seen before. And it's funny right. how much uh, like Reliant K went with Kingdom Hearts and Naruto. Yeah, and- there's yeah. a lot of Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So that's my experience with it. But also I do I do use this type of music for my writing process over here. Yeah, that's great. Last week we did Who I Am, Hate Who I've Been. And uh, that's a song where like if any any character whose arc is they start as a villain and, you know, became <laughs> yeah. Yeah. either a hero or a reluctant hero, <laughs> Yeah. They they there's at least two AMVs <laughs> or FMVs for that character. And then, you know, across the internet, there's there's at least two for every character. So think of every character multiply times two. There's so <laughs> many tr- character tribute videos to that specific song. Man, that music video was great, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. To have been. I yeah. always love that music video. Uh, yeah, talk about superhero. That's that's a superhero. But oh, and that's yeah, that's directed by. Um, I, I always get them backwards, but one that one's either directed by Mark Webb or uh, shoot, I forget his name now. But the new Spider-Man guy. Oh wow! Yeah, they they worked. They've worked with two out of three of the Spider-Man. That Did I say Superman? I meant Spider-Man. That must have. That might have been. Must have done something right. Um, I gotta look it up because I can't think of all their names right now. But oh, the, must have been something like that right it was a great music video too. The soccer ball. Yeah, oh yeah. So John Watts. That's it. So John Watts, who directs the MCU Spider-Man movies. Wow. And Mark Webb, who did the Andrew Garfield movies, they have both. They both directed Reliant K videos. 
That so, is so cool. It is. Yeah. And so the, Sam Raimi's the only one who needs to get on there and <laughs> direct your real Cave music video. He's not busy, is he? I know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's like a years between movies. Yeah. I think he's ready to come back for his, yeah. his favorite yeah. <laughs> So what, uh, if people want to check out your work, you, you mentioned there's Nerd Bottom actually looking at the logo right here. Um, oh. Yeah, and uh, it's the, your your avatar for this Zoom call. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm in his office, so I'm oh, okay. in the studio, so it's, it's all Nerd Bottom all over the place around here. <laughs> so uh, what's the best way to like kind of check out what you do? We looked on YouTube at some of the stuff that you acted in and everything like that, but where would you direct people to sort of check out your work? I think I'm the most active on my Instagram at Colin K Bass and you'll see it's all superhero stuff with a sprinkle of my personal life, some, some cute dogs, you know, some, some stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, I'm most active on there. Um, nerdbot.com is like the company that uh, absorbed our little, we, we had a little two person studio. It was just me and my buddy making videos. And then we got during COVID, we got absorbed and uh, <laughs> now owned by Nerdbot, And okay. so everything's basically on there on their YouTube. But yeah, the, my Instagram is probably the place to go where I'm most active and you'll see a little bit of everything that we're working on. We're, we're, we're doing like four series right now with some release dates oh, coming wow. soon. Mm -hmm. um, uh, uh, it's lots of Power Rangers. We're doing this like thing. It's like kind of like a superhero <laughs> battle. <laughs> the Mandalorian versus- April, sorry, one second. Sorry. <laughs> what kind of dog do you have? She's a Chiwini, a Chihuahua Dachshund mix. Aww. She's coming over right now. <laughs> Yay, a new guest. She's supposed to be a professional. She's yeah. our podcast engineer. Yeah. Oh, hi. <laughs> I love dogs. <laughs> this happens on every, almost every Zoom call. It does. She barks, we pick her up, we bring her over, and the person we're talking to is like, oh, there she is. <laughs> I think she she's like, time's up, guys. Come Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But yeah, uh, mostly on my Instagram, you'll see everything we're working on. And I always do some fun throwbacks so you can see where we've come from. But I mean, I, I started with just me, a buddy and a flip cam. And then, uh, you know, now we're juggling all these different web series with budgets and stuff. It's uh, been a really fun ride. I'm really grateful. That's awesome. Great. So uh, thank you so much. Did you have anything else you wanted to sum up about Reliant K or Be My Escape or anything like that? Yeah, I think that uh, I think. Reliant K is so good that if you do know Be My Escape, you should do a dive on into their Spotify and, and try try out their other songs. I mean, I'm hoping, I'm honestly, there's a hundred songs I could have picked, but I'm trying to do this one so that we could get more people listening to them, right. and, you know, get their views up, get get the popularity spiking again, and then yeah. hopefully, uh, hopefully they'll be a little more motivated to give us some more content. But um, yeah. don't judge a band off one song. That's my my last message. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Judge them off at least five or six songs. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And let Spotify's most popular plays be a helpful judge because that's what helps me when I find a new band. Right. Yeah. Great. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. I had a blast talking to you. And if you guys ever want to do this again, please let me know. We will. Thank awesome. you. Awesome. Thank you. Have a great day, you guys. Thanks. Thanks. You too. Bye.